start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll be found on the mountain. It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barnumidium Company by Chicken Cock Whiskey and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells all the way. Touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure. Curry just dives in. Greetings and good morning. It's Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I'm J.C. Sherbert. He's Phil Molinax. We are twins today because Britons dresses us no, on Friday, not. both <laughs> wearing the cocky shirt. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to get by Britons this weekend. Uh, it's an afternoon game, so you can get by there in the morning. Uh, it's 70 years, Britons, on 2818 Divine Street in Columbia, South Carolina. Perry and his gang have served Columbia, and they will get you looking right. Believe me. I look like a potato with legs. I look great in my Britons. Seriously, it's best I've yeah. looked in a while. I look studly, downright studly. So it's amazing uh, what a good set of clothes will, will bring you, and uh, Perry will do you right, and he will make sure that they fit uh, and all that, even for a guy like me. So if you're out there and you're horizontally challenged like myself, especially in the midsection, uh, you want a slimming look, a comfortable look, Head to Britain's. We are built by the Barndo Company. We are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey each and every day and also part of the Chief Sports Network. Please download the Chief Sports app uh, when you can. Jamie's not here. Uh, he is at the Letterman's Golf Aso- uh, Letterman's Golf Tournament, which is held every year around this time. Uh, Carolina Rise is the title sponsor. Just sent some pictures over. Got the Carolina Rise banner up there. Uh, always glad to support the Letterman. Uh, that played here in all sports at the University of South Carolina. It's a worthy cause. Meredith's played in the tournament, too. Uh, so Bradford's going out there to try to do his best. <laughs> and I uh, hope <laughs> to get an update with him uh, pretty soon. John Whittle's with us today. Is Flint going to join us today, or is he at the Letterman's thing? I think Flint is at the Letterman's thing. So uh, Flint's at actually sent them the link. They may join us live from uh, the Letterman's thing. Maybe. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, so Flint, no Flint today, or maybe Flint today. And we got three hours. <laughs> yeah. Are you so kidding heavy me? in the chat box. Hell, we got a mailbag question yeah, too. Yeah, Let's we go. got a mailbag question. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the mailbag. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget. Jeez. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. 98 Braves by Morgan Wall and Harrison. That song, man, I, it was in my head the whole night last night. Uh, yeah, man, what a. Living room couch. 
so I can know them way them boys wouldn't win. Well, them three big pitchers and Andrew and Chipper, there's no way they're keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> but as fate would have it, that Atlanta Magic <laughs> went out to them damned old Padres. And then it got to us about that's like him and his girlfriend. It sucks. It sucks. I think it's more <laughs> deflating. Like, like, like when your team, maybe, like, okay, losing in the NCAA tournament in basketball, it's like, yeah, that, that's deflating, you know, especially if you're a one and done like the Gamecocks yeah. were back in the 90s. Now, if you get, I mean, like, I don't think anybody would be totally deflated if they lost in the Sweet 16 when Frank took the Final Four. Still, though, that, that, that suddenness that the season's over hurts. In football, yeah, losing a bowl game does make you feel empty a little bit. I, I, I know the two bowl games that I kind of felt, if I wasn't disgusted, like I was with the PapaJohns.com bowl in 09, <laughs> uh, and just done with it. Right. Uh, I, I think that the I felt it, 05 Spurrier's first season, they lost to freaking Missouri after looking like the 96 Florida Gators for the first half. You know, you, you, that, that game, Phil, if you mm-hmm. watched it, Spurrier had, I mean, the offense was humming. They were up and down the field. Choo, choo, choo. I mean, they, they literally looked like the Gators. And then all of a sudden, uh, Tyrone, Tyrone Nix uh, left the middle of the field wide open. And Brad Smith, yeah. quarterback from Missouri, that was when Missouri's in the Big 12 beat him. And, and it was it was a comeback. And, and I was like, man, I drove all the way to Shreveport, Louisiana for that. And, and then last year felt me made me feel a little empty, too, just because that team had been playing – so well and and really had the game um looking back i don't feel as empty because it's like well hell they had half their roster out you know i mean the notre dame's a good football team but uh at the time it did but you you can live with that nba playoffs you can live with that major league baseball dude because you have so much hope and promise for opening day uh even in college baseball you know you kind of feel like oh what's over but they did the best they could, you know. Major League Baseball, you go all the freaking way, excuse my language, all the way to the end <laughs> of the year and get to get to – I mean, you're in college. You're in the, the, the bowels of college football season now. And you hope and you, it's just been so long. And then it's just over in four days. Uh, and the Braves need to do some soul searching and decide how they are going to beat the Phillies. In That's the right. season. They need it. Whatever moves they make this offseason, they have to do that. So, well, and, the, yeah, uh, I, I, I know, I know Whittle's here. I know Whittle's yeah, here. Yeah, but it's yeah. just, uh, Mark, Mark mentions Mark from Vegas, one of the best offensive baseball teams in 10 years, and they score eight runs in four games. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And yeah, half I mean, of them, in, or more than half in one. Well, I think MLB needs to address the whole having the top team take an entire week off. And I like the whole, you know, play the first series at home. I like that. I mean, I think that was a great idea from yeah. yesterday that Mike was yeah. bringing up. But here, let's, let's bring John here. Is that Whittle's theme music? Good morning, John. Good morning. I don't know why my camera's not working. I got no idea what's going on. Ah, that's all right. We'll... we'll power through i got a i got an overlay for that <laughs> if anyone has any tips <laughs> uh you, you, may have, you may have hit the stop cam button 
Yeah, uh, it could down, be down. down bottom, start beside man. mute. No, no, I've 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 hit that about a dozen. No. Oh, he just hit it and took him out. Oh well, and he's gone. <laughs> John Whittle will be right back, folks. I'm John Whittle, that's right. Let him get back in here. Gosh darn it. Uh, anyway, there he is. Yeah, we're back, and he's gone. We'll figure so, it out. He'll be in soon. Yeah, that's will. all right. So anyway, so we're gonna talk a little college football. I'm not just gonna gripe about the Braves. I do want to hear what John has to say about it, but we'll talk a little college football today. Heck, we got a three hour tour here while they're on the golf course. That's right. That's right. But uh we uh you know, we're welcome back in John Whittle now. Uh you can still hear him. Uh, yeah. and we we got the big spur logo up, which is a, sh- a sharp and snazzy logo, I must say. Uh Ted Hyman does has done all my logos. Big Spur. Uh, and that's like that's actually Big Spur. What is that, John? Maybe Big Spur 3.0 logo wise. So maybe our third logo we've had that's been tweaked. Yeah. Uh I'm trying to remember back to the old ESPN days, even. Yeah. Yeah, we we've we've had a few, but I, I like that one. That one's sharp. This one is sharp. Ted did that. He did the inside the Gamecocks, the show logo, and he did the Carolina Rise logo. All three are award winning in the logo department. Uh mm-hmm. so anyway. All right, John. Uh Braves last night. Uh Major League Baseball playoffs in general. We're gonna start right there. Uh Mike Morgan was talking yesterday and and, and you know, I, I just I hate the I hate the fact that I mean, I hate it for Orioles fans, too. They won 101 games this year, and it's over in two days after all that. Um, what do you think? Are, are you kind of a traditionalist that's just baseball? Do you think it's bad for the top team to get a whole week off when they may be hot and things can change? I mean, what, what are your thoughts about the Major League Baseball playoffs, if, if, if you have an issue with them at all? Yeah, I mean, if – if uh I, I certainly understand that you don't want a week off. I, I get that. Um, I wouldn't want that either. But what, what's the other solution? I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the, the one-game wild card. Um, you know, to, to me, you, you should either make it or you don't. Like 162 games and then it comes down to one uh, to, to make the actual playoffs. Like that, that, doesn't, that doesn't feel right to me. Uh, just make it the 162 games and don't have the the wild the one game wild card thing. Uh, but then if you if you make it a three game series like it is like that's a, those are teams having having a week off. So what, what's what's the better solution? Is it a team have a week off or the Braves or Orioles or whoever else have have a chance to lose in a series and not get a buy? Like I, I guess that's probably the the other way to go is just to not have buys. Um, you know, maybe you can pick your opponent. Like I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against that. Like there's a, a guy, uh, Ryan Clary, uh, who's a longtime friend of mine, radio show host up in, in Spartanburg, huge Braves fan. Like he, he, he didn't want to play the Phillies. He, he said the Phillies were, 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 were the team to beat. And, and maybe if you can pick your own, pick your own opponent, then maybe that's okay. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, I, I don't. I can't see. Uh, I can't see MLB getting rid of the wild card though, and getting rid of games. Uh, I can't see them getting rid of. I can't see them coming off 162. I would like to see them come down off of 162 and maybe have more teams make the playoffs and and go that route. But um, you know, I don't know what the right answer is. I wouldn't want to sit sit for a week. Uh, Inter squad scrimmages, competitive games and scrimmages. <clears throat> I, I mean, I, 
those 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 can be helpful, but that's not that's not the same thing, obviously. So I don't know what the right answer is, but uh, I, I kind I kind of like the setup as it is. But I, I feel for for Braves and Orioles and 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 those guys who you know had to sit out and wait a week and and uh, lose some of that sharpness. Talking with John Whittle from the Bigspur.com. Yeah, that's just one of those things. I don't know. I, I just uh, – maybe it's because of me and because I've, I've had two – I've had nothing but sheer disappointment in the in the baseball playoffs with the exception of the Braves winning the 2021 World Series uh, since I've lived up here. I mean, I, I walked into my little uh, place I hang out, the tavern, one afternoon. Uh, White Sox were playing the Astros. In, I think it was the division. Uh, it was at uh, Comiskey or whatever they call it, Guaranteed Rate Field. And man, oh man, that place was just full of energy and, and, and liveliness. The, the crowd of the game and the crowd of the bar, and, and and it was it was a it was an elimination game. And all of a sudden, the Astros did like they do because they're a very consistent team. And it's like eleven to two, and there's four more innings left. And it was like a funeral in there. And just like you, you kind of that season, Major League Baseball is so long. And just to have it end like that, I, I think it just takes a little more something out of you than maybe some other seasons. I, I don't know. Uh, what do you What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I I can certainly agree with that. I mean, you've invested so much time. Uh, again, one hundred and sixty two games. <laughs> yeah, that's, as as in, it's just a crazy number for me to think about, and that's probably one of the reasons, or it is one of the reasons why I'm not a huge MLB fan. Like it doesn't feel like uh, each game is meaningful, right? Like yeah. when, when you play, I mean, I understand the season's got to be long. Like, I mean, I understand baseball obviously, but I don't understand why, you know, 120, 100 or 130 isn't, isn't enough. Like that to me, it would, it would feel like the games are a little bit more meaningful at that point, but uh, that's something that's never going to change. So it's not, something I'm I, I fight for or vocal about but um, yeah. but yeah when you invest 162 games into it and it, and you you lose it after just a few yeah yeah it, it's it stings you you feel deflated you it yeah it, exactly it, exactly you've invested invested so much time and energy I mean it's just what it is and it yeah. should be mentioned too that the, the Phillies and, and these teams that are that are winning um, they're good. <laughs> like it's not like they're playing the Rockies. They're they're free, they're freaking good. So you know sometimes the other team is, is is just better than you on a on a given week and a given, yeah. and that's that's part of it too. Sometimes I actually had a chance to see the Diamondbacks play last summer. We went to uh, see the White Sox play the D backs, and they they swept the White Sox. Um, White Sox were kind of in the playoff hunt at the time, but I thought they were a good looking ball club at the time. You know, I thought they could hit it pretty well. And, some things like that, and of course, uh, you know our, our guy, Christian Walker. He, he's with the he's with the Diamondbacks, right? So, uh, anyway, I hate Bryce Harper. <laughs> I I haven't hated a baseball player in a while. I was, I'm like, all right, I'll hate Bryce Harper and the Phillies from now on. But you know, I'm like, I because I mean, yeah. like, it is. It's the, the season's too long for me because I mean, I, college baseball to me is just right. Like I watched every game this past year. Even the ones against USC, Upstate, Newberry, and 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 those the like, you know, uh, every game, uh, you know, and and, and that, that's fine. And then the playoffs are exciting, and uh, even Carolina, you know, 
even in the disappointing years in the postseason, I always feel like, you know, okay, it just had to end here. It was meant to be. That was it. And you get over it. But, I mean, this major league thing is just like, my God. I liked it better when they had two divisions and you went straight to the NLCS. I mean, number one, because those were some daggum hellacious baseball series. Uh, there, there was none of this best of five crap. It was a seven game rock and roll show. So, but I, it'll never go back there. It'll never go back there. All right, John Gamecocks have a three thirty kickoff tomorrow at Williams Rice Stadium against the Florida Gators. You've covered a lot of these. First of all, what's the weather like in Columbia? I hear people see people in the chat box talking about how it may rain again with the Gators in town. Uh, what's the weather like? Uh, Kind of what's your scene center for this football game? It's beautiful right now. I'm sitting out on the back porch. There's there's a nice uh, crispness in the air. It feels a little bit like fall. I like mm. it. I, I like it. There's a baseball scrimmage this afternoon, ten and a half innings. So I'll be out there for that, and it'll be it'll be perfect. But rain is supposed to come back in tonight uh, sometime, um, or at least fifty percent chance of it throughout most of the night. Uh, but I, 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 it looks like the forecast is going to clear up um, at least at least uh, by late morning tomorrow. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that forecast holds. Uh, but it should be cleared up at least by late morning, and should be good for good for uh, the rest of the afternoon with some sunshine. Nice, yeah, that'll be good. I, I remember, like twenty nineteen was very rainy. I can't remember another. It was twenty was like twenty twenty one. Did it rain that day before that night game? I know it was a little cool, uh, but anyway. Uh, so your thoughts about this football game? You know, to me, it's a it's a big one because I feel like it's a game South Carolina should win. I think Florida's awfully not that good on the road. Uh, I think the Gamecocks are very good at home. Um, it's not at night, so it's a little bit different caveat there, but. Uh, you know, it, it, it still concerns me. Maybe it's because, you know, we, I sat there and, and two weeks ago we watched Kentucky just blow Florida away. Then last week they had Vanderbilt, which is kind of a breather, and, and got back on track. So, so maybe you think they've got more confidence. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Probably picking Carolina. But but it's, it's a game where if things go wrong, I, I could definitely see the Gators going in there and win it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with everything you said. Like, this feels like a game that South Carolina should win. And, you know, and and doing some reading just about other games around the country, like you you see, like, Florida hasn't won games away from home in forever. And Tennessee hasn't – or Texas A&M hasn't won games away from home in forever. And, like, it's hard to win on the road in, in, in the SEC. It just – it, it just is. And, you know, South Carolina's obviously got a, a nice home field advantage, and South Carolina's had some pretty good games against Florida uh, with, with the sun shining out. Well, yeah, I'm sure you remember the year Chris Tucker returned that uh, an interception, right? Didn't Chris Tucker get his hands on an interception yeah. and, and brought it back to the to the goal line? Um, you know, what, what, uh, what, what year was that, J.C.? You know. That, all these oh, yeah, yeah. It was 05. That was the game um... – Spurs, that was the first win, first time the Gamecocks beat Florida uh, as an SEC member, uh, 30 to 22. Yeah, Chris Tucker, uh, that was a ball I think one of the Lindsey boys uh, tipped, actually. And big Chris Tucker came down with it. And Spurrier only threw 17 passes that whole day, but one of them 
was a pass to Sidney Rice, John. I don't know if you remember it. It was very similar to the pass that Garcia threw Alshon Jeffrey late in the Alabama game five years later. Same type of deal. Like one-on-one, went up, got it, twirled around, went down the sideline, almost scored. Uh, I think Dekas Terman had 80 yards rushing that day or something like that, too. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a big one in the sunshine. I'm, Jake uh, Muschamp's only win over Florida was, uh, I think, a noon kickoff on CBS in 2017. Uh, Jake threw about three picks early, and then the Gamecocks. Uh, Mon Denson and A.J. Turner ran all over him. So, uh, yeah, they have had some success uh, during the day uh, against well, the Gators. And, and the game, yeah, the game against the Swamp that got Muschamp fired, that was a day game, right? Oh, God, that was awful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, got, excuse me, got Muschamp fired from Florida. Nah. Florida, yeah. No, yeah. Well, no, no, yeah, yeah. But the, the the one they lost in 2018 here, that was sort of the beginning of the end. Uh, had he won that one and gone to like two and one against the Gators at his new school, uh, Dan Mullen doesn't really have that, that that big ending down there. There's more tension on the Gamecocks. I mean, they could have uh, – 2018 was disappointing because they had that game. I mean, literally – uh, everybody complained and said, well, Muschamp took the air out of the ball. Uh, if you watch that game and, and see, like, how much time was left on the on the, the play clock, they were snapping it almost too quickly and then relying on RPOs that, that Florida figured out and Florida was just checking into something else and it was confusing. And Anyway, it was a long story back there. I'm going to not talk about bad memories uh, on the show today. But, yeah. I, I was thinking Dylan Thompson and the block punt and – and those, yeah. those, those kind uh, of that one. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was a miracle down there. But yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think night night games versus Florida during Spurrier and Holtz and day game. Yeah, Spurrier like Holt, Spur, Remember that night Spurrier came to town and beat up on the Gamecocks pretty good <laughs> uh, when he was with the Gators in 01. That was a night game. Uh, mm-hmm. Shoot, the Gamecocks in 2013 barely escaped a bad Muschamp team. Sean Carson had that 65-yard run. Oh, Remember? yeah, right up and the middle. 1914 at home. So until the Beamer, until the Beamer win in 21, Gamecock Gators at night in Columbia hadn't really always been beneficial to South Carolina. Uh, so we'll see sort of sort of what happened. But Harrison was at the 2019 Florida game. Most unfair rigged BS game I ever watched at Weeks Price. Yeah, I was up here for that one. I had just moved. Uh, moved up here, Gamecocks played Georgia and won. Next week played Florida and, and had it. So I was living large, and, and then that, that that happened. And that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible officiated game. Um, so, John, you know, a lot of talk this week about the defense. What do they need to do to get better? Well, they need to get off the field in your estimation. You see them up close. You go to the press conferences most of them, you kind of get a feel of what the coaches are at least feeling. You know, I don't know. Sometimes it's different when you're in person. Your thoughts on the defense? Yeah, for for me, it's it's hard to like single out a single position group, a single player uh, that isn't you know performing as well as they should on a consistent basis. It just feels like there to me that like, there's some general inconsistency among guys like. You look at like let's take linebacker for example, and we'll we'll just take one piece of it. But but Stone Blanton and Debo Williams, like if you look at their PFF grades over the course of the year, 
Like those guys will be either one of the highest rated on the team or one of the lowest rated. Like there's no there's no in between. They're like all green or all red. And green is good and red is bad. And you know, it just it just feels like there's a, a level of inconsistency among uh, among uh, the the players in general. Like, you know, we we kind of look at the defensive line and 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 or, or the front and see that there's not a whole lot of negative plays coming on, whether it's tackles for loss, sacks, whatever, rush defense numbers are bad. But then you look and South Carolina's had the SEC defensive lineman of the week a couple of times and two different guys have done it. And, you know, it just – it feels to me like there's general inconsistency across the board defensively. You know, we saw Mississippi State, how some guys got lit up in, in, in pass protection. DQ Smith was one of them. Uh, but he certainly wasn't the only one. But then DQ bounces back and has an interception the next day or the next game, and and uh, and tackles well. And you know, it just it it feels like that there's enough talent over there right now. It just doesn't feel like they're always playing quite well enough. And 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 you know, I, I think part of that is coaching. I, I think, but I, I think they have had an opportunity over the course of the bye week to. Maybe clean a few, clean some things up, and uh, you know we've we've seen how South Carolina has improved after the bye week each year, or the last two years. I know that's small sample size, but the last two years under Beamer, and you know I think there's plenty of room for for growth, especially on defense in terms of just being able to tidy some things up and and get uh, and get a little bit better and a little bit more consistent. Do you think depth affects the front seven, kind of more? than the coaching aspect of it, John, or do you think you're just, you know, yeah, yeah, getting what you can out of these guys? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think depth in general and, and um, but yeah, certainly, certainly up front along the line, like, you know, when, when they didn't have TJ Sanders for the whole second half uh, the other day against Tennessee, like uh, Tonka and, and, um, and, and Boogie had to play like basically the whole way. Like they, couple of years ago they recruited a whole bunch of big guys inside on the interior to 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 step in and help and and none of you don't hear about Jamal Weiss you don't hear much about Nick Barrett I mean there's several several tackles that you just don't ever hear anything about and you know I, I was hoping that a couple of those guys may have been a little bit further along but you know even a Drew Tuazama like he started a game uh against Georgia and you know he hasn't been hadn't hadn't been out there here lately uh, you know, Shane Beamer alluded to kind of a personal issue, I think. And, you know, I, I think maybe some some of that has gotten cleared up here recently. So maybe we'll we'll see him. He's a guy who can play inside or outside and is more comfortable inside. So that would be helpful. Um, 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 you know, I just I, I don't know. I, I they're they aren't as deep as I, I kind of thought they would be. I don't I didn't think the depth was like great. But I, I thought it would be better than than what it is. Like Tyreek Johnson's been hurt, and he's been a little bit productive. Fortunately, Jordan Strong's come on a little bit. But you know, I, I thought JT Gear would have a have made a little bit more of an impact to the last game or two. You know, after having a nice nice debut uh, a few weeks back. But um, you know, those those guys have to uh, have to be a little bit better overall. All right, I think there's some. I, you know, after watching Darius Rush uh, and guys like Kobe Smith through the years that got better and better and better, I, I don't give up on players. I, I think it's some of the stuff I read from people is ridiculous with um, 
you know, how if a guy's not starting by his sophomore year, he's not that good, you know, uh, and that's not true. However, I will put out a little bit of a warning thing here that there there may be some misses at defensive tackle from the Jimmy Lindsay era that will affect the Gamecocks here pretty soon. <laughs> I'm just going to say maybe. Hypothetically, uh, there will be. Um, talking with John Whittle from the bigspur.com. We usually talk to him on Mondays, but we love to have him on Fridays and anytime John can join us. Uh, so baseball scrimmage tonight, right? And John's muted right now, so he may have had to take another call. So we'll give him time to get back in. Um, there he Sounds is. Good. Okay. Baseball scrimmage tonight. What are you, what are you looking for? You know, I've, I got an email from you. I, I, I saw the word stud. Next to some players' names I didn't recognize. Give us the scoop on baseball, man, since uh, we're uh, all us Braves fans are – Phil's not a Braves fan. He's a Cubs fan. So he's not in mourning today at all. Actually, he's probably pretty happy since the Braves took the Cubs out earlier this year. Well, but, that uh, the Braves fault, Give us a little Gamecock hope here for those of us that are mourning the loss of uh, – America's team falling to the Phillies <laughs> oh, or the Braves America's team. I didn't, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I, I knew they were the team of the Southeast, but they, they used to be called America. Like that was that when they were on TBS back in the day, it was like America's team, the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> oh. um, you know, I, there, there've been a lot of home runs hit. It's going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when, when I say these things. So I, I understand. I, I get it. There have been a lot of home runs hit, which is fun and exciting and encouraging. There's also been some guys who are pitching really, really well, who, you know, maybe weren't expected to be as, as good as they have shown early on. Like uh, Tyler Dean, not former Gamecock punter Tyler Dean, but Tyler Dean, a transfer from Virginia Tech, been really, really good. Um his numbers at Virginia Tech, where he hardly pitched because he wasn't really good, were were pretty terrible. Been really good. Um, there's one example: uh, Javar Martin, a, a freshman, big lefty. He's been really, really good. Like he, it, nobody's squaring up his fastball. He, he's not really getting hit. Um, Tyler Pitzer and Eddie Copper are, are two freshmen who have stepped in and been awesome. Uh, Pitzer's numbers are incredible from a from a um, velocity and spin rate standpoint what kind of what you're looking for in terms of you know being able to uh, miss bats or create weak contact like been really good and he hasn't he hasn't been getting hit and he's been throwing strikes Eddie, Eddie copper is starting to throw a sinker now and you know he's got he's got two feet of run on his on his fastball like there's there's been some very encouraging signs from a pitching standpoint, which is where, you know, we feel like South Carolina is going to be uh, where we're, if South Carolina struggles, that's where it's going to be. It's going to be a challenge sometimes on the mound. Uh, but there have been some very encouraging signs there. And I feel really good about what this team can be offensively. And the right guys are, are showing it. There's, there's some serious depth in, in, in the, in the outfield. Uh Will Tippett and Lee Ellis have been really good, especially Will Tippett. Will Tippett's been phenomenal. Um, hit, hit a ball 404 feet in a scrimmage the other day. Um, you know, he, he looks bigger and stronger. Like, he's, he's been very clean defensively. Um, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be encouraged about realizing that 
we're sitting here on October 13th and, you know, the season is, <laughs> I got, I got to pull out my, my fingers and my thumbs to count up the months. We're still a ways away, but there, there's a lot of encouragement right now. Outstanding game Gamecocks, of course, uh, not one win from Omaha, but did make the Super Regionals last year before getting swept by, uh, oh, the Gators uh, down there in Gainesville. Um, went through a lot. John, it's interesting to me, uh, and we'll wrap up here with you after this, uh, for one more, one more note on baseball. Uh, I think people kind of look at, at, the, at the the end of the year in the regular season and then the, the, the exit and the Supers. And, and they're kind of like, eh, eh, eh. In my opinion, getting that team to the Supers after, yet again, second straight year, catastrophic injury situation. Uh, not as many people out for the year, but they were without, like, a bunch of guys. Uh, and, and thus, they started losing. <laughs> um, I think, to me, uh, you know, and, and I know that Mark Keeson probably has to have a good year this year. To me, that's good coaching. When you keep a team together and you can still achieve something, uh, you know, even though adversity like that, things that are out of your control hit, and he could have easily tucked his head and and whined and complained, and the whole team could have been like, woe is me, but they didn't. Uh, what can you say about that? I mean, you've watched a lot of baseball. You know, a lot of baseball coaches, there's a million different styles and ways to coach that sport that, that are effective. Uh, what can you say about Kingston kind of, you know, as the head coach, uh, leading the way and, and keeping everything kind of between the navigational beacons when they faced that adversity last year. Yeah. I mean, I've, it's, it is, as a head coach, regardless of sport, like you've got to um, be consistent in the good and, and in the bad. And there's been some bad around here. We're not used to, to watching a uh, South Carolina baseball team. Um, hold on one second. <laughs> Love it. Sorry, the, the dog is trying to get out uh, of oh. the backyard, and I and I don't want that to happen. No, uh, you can't, dude. There, there's like there's coyotes here, so Red can't. Red's not allowed to escape. It'll <laughs> so, be a, t- a tasty, tasty snack. So, but okay, but so I, yeah. But I, I do think that um, I think Kingston has done a good job of of kind of staying the course. And one thing that. He's done, which I think is hard for head coaches to do, is he's evolved a little bit and made some changes to his style, how he wants to do things, how he wants to coach, how he wants to recruit. And I think he's figured some things out that have made him better, made the program better. And, like, I I tip my cap to him for that because that's not – always easy to recognize that you need to make changes. So I think, I think those things have been, been really important as far as sort of steadying the ship, but now he's got to go out there and do it in back-to-back seasons and win games this year. Like as we sit here and watch scrimmages and look at things on paper, like things seem okay, but and, and better than they did a couple of years ago, like went into that season thinking, you know, this one could be ugly and South Carolina went 500. Like if South Carolina goes 500 this year, it will be shocking because this team looks really good on paper. So, you know, I think that, um, I, I think that there's a lot to really like about this. 
I think there's a lot to like about this team. And, you know, I, I think a lot of the credit goes to the way he's kind of handled himself. And that's, that's trickled down. Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, we, we heard some stuff about that last year. It's not easy to change kind of, you know, to, to change who you are or change change your approach a little bit. Um, it's easy. Okay. All right. It's easy to change your approach. All right. So, so wait a minute. It's hard to change your approach but not change your core beliefs. And, and I think his core beliefs are still intact. But his approach is different, and, and I think that's paid off. I, I think this team this past year uh, played relaxed for most of the season and, you know, just kind of stayed the course. And, and that's that's important in the sport of baseball, as we all know, uh, as the Phillies know and the Diamondbacks know and Ole Miss knows from two years ago and, you know, whoever else. Anyway, all right, John, we really appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for jumping on with us. Hopefully maybe see you on Monday, I guess, to give the postmortem from this weekend. Um, and have fun watching baseball at beautiful Founders Park tonight. Yeah, and, and uh, this idiot will try to figure out how to get the camera working by Monday. <laughs> it's okay, dude. <laughs> no worries, man. All right, buddy. All right, Talk appreciate you, you guys. No Thanks, problem. John. All right. So awesome. I guess we gotta we gotta hit a break here. A good 40 <laughs> minutes with Whittle out of the way. Hey, there's there's uh there's Cromer. Did you see yeah, did he news? pop up? Yeah, Kroger just popped up. Got a delay uh, on my little. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll through some nano. Actually, let, let's take a break and come through. Yeah, yeah. The chat box has some stuff we need to get to uh, right here. We are powered. Or sorry, we are. Uh, what is it? Scattered, smothered, covered, chunk topped, and diced by all of our sponsors, which we love. <laughs> and we'll be back after this. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel, 
and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. All right, welcome back. Oh, I was going to, yeah. <laughs> Got music going. Oh, All right. Never mind. It never came. So let's roll. <laughs> mm. All right. Actually, I was trying to get somebody to somebody from the JC and Morgan mailbag, a Vol fan of all people, uh, emails in and wanted to know how to get to the old episodes on YouTube. Um, I was trying to send him the JC and Morgan playlist off the YouTube channel, and I couldn't figure that out. But it started playing the intro to JC and Morgan. <laughs> it's that time and i'm like whoa it's that time the the, the docile tones of uh, one gary barboza who does a lot of stuff like that around columbia uh doing that all right nana's porch chat box award-winning nana's porch pimento cheese deliciousness those of you there were the carolina rice tailgate i got to experience that firsthand um you need catering you need anything like that please check out nana's porch my good friend Chris, who is a, a diehard Gamecock, a great friend, and a big supporter of everything that uh, yours truly does and other uh, Gamecock-affiliated stuff. His, his wife, I've met her. She's lovely. Uh, her name is not Nana. Uh, it's him and his stepdaughter that, that run it. So, uh, she's not a Nana yet. She's younger. She's young. But uh, Chris is good people. Uh, probably some of the best. Him and Billy G., uh, the barbecue sauce guy. I mean, those guys got it covered if you ever need anything like that. Uh, once again, dressed by Britons. Please go by and see Perry. Tell him JC and, and Phil and Mike. And well, Mike didn't get any duds. So JC and Phil and Jamie sent you, not Mike. Don't mention Mike. No, I mean, you can if you'd like. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. uh, please, uh, please uh, support all of our. Uh, our sponsors here. All right, Nana Sports Chat Box, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm, I'm done talking about the Braves right now, but I reserve the right to revisit it later because I've got some emotions about it. Um, That's right. That's- Bruin says, info on Daniel Hill. There's nothing new. Uh, not coming in this weekend. Uh, WJM4 says, do we see Harbor on offense this week? He's playing seven or eight snaps a game, so I don't expect that to change. Uh, you've seen him. He hasn't done anything. Again, he's not playing fast enough right now. I don't know if maybe something happened during the open date that I'm not aware of, but I've checked on it, and he's just got to get better. I mean, he's got to become a better football player, guys. You don't just add water and have a college football player uh, with that. Um, Oh, the rest called the fumble back. Yeah, at the Swamp, Mac and Dino podcast checks in in 18. That was a fumble, okay? That was a pass. It was high. Felipe Franks flew. Felipe Franks could have hit the broad side of a barn that day, but they did run it all over the Gamecocks. Uh, Gamecocks just could not stop the run. That was a fumble. It was clearly a fumble, 
and J.C. Horn picked up. They blew it dead. J.C. Horn picked it up. He's in the end zone. I mean, it, at that point, had that happened, the game's over. I think they had just cut it to 31-21. That happens, it's 38-21. Florida probably does not have enough time uh, with, with how they were forced to run the ball. They called, like, one pass. It was kind of a trick play, too, and, and they almost got sacked and threw a pick. So their passing game was just not happening that day. Uh they go up there, any kind of score in that game, it's a different outcome in my opinion. But, yeah, yeah, the refs, uh, you know, the refs kind of screwed them. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? Officiating this year. You don't hear, you know, last year it seemed like that was one of the narratives for college football, just across the across the nation, especially in the Southeastern Conference, like terrible officiating. And are we – have they kind of come around the corner this year? I mean, I don't think that there's missed calls, everybody, you know, every once in a while, but not like game deciding stupidity. <laughs> Have you noticed that? I, don't, I was thinking about that the other day. I haven't seen, yeah, you know, I haven't really seen anything egregious this year. You know, that uh, there's been times the past couple of years where even the replay people, you're like, what in the hell are you? I mean, what are you, Why are you looking at this? <laughs> so, anyway. Ooh, sorry for yawning like that. Uh, 2005 Sydney Circus catch it before 25 diving. Yes, he had that one early, and then he had another one, just like Alshon's against Alabama down the sideline. That was a heck of a day. That's the loudest I think I've ever heard it feel at a home game. I'll say this, a non-Clemson home game at noon at williams Bryce. It may have been louder than the, the 01 and 09 Clemson games, which were both wins for the Gamecocks. It was loud. Now, that Alabama game that started at noon in, in 01, where the Gamecocks came back and won, it got loud. But start to finish, that game against the Gators was loud. Loud. Mm. Like nighttime loud. Yeah. Um, well, it's loud this weekend. It'd be nice to just roll. Magandino <laughs> says, I don't know how we fumbled so many times at the Swamp in 2012. That was our year. That was a really great football team. Uh, he says, I don't understand how you schedule Georgia, LSU, and UF back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, though. Well, that's not South Carolina that did it. You can thank the Southeastern Conference. And and it was not supposed to be that way. I don't remember who Carolina, maybe Ole Miss or somebody they were supposed to play that year. LSU, I don't think, was supposed to be on the schedule. And it certainly wasn't supposed to be Georgia, LSU, uh, you know, L- Georgia, LSU, Florida, three straight weeks. Uh, and it just so happened that was Muschamp's best team at Florida. Uh, LSU ended up being a good team that year, but it's tough to go down there and play. Uh, I was at that game, actually, in Baton Rouge. And, you know, Carolina gave them all, you know, it just – there were just some things there. They couldn't stop the run or whatever. Um, yeah, that stunk because after losing those games, they didn't they didn't play again. That, that, that game at the Swamp was so interesting because – it was the classic Muschamp victory. One of those weird Muschamp box scores where it's like the, the Gamecocks outgained them 198 to 197. Jeez. Yet lost 44 to 11. How in the hell did that happen? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, so anyway. Well, a couple of years, the next year, I think Missouri had 76 yards of offense and won 42 to 13 against Muschamp skaters at the Swamp. Statistically improbable. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that probably clouds Muschamp as a head coach. <laughs> weird, weird, weird. 
Uh, Craiger, last year was last year at the Swamp. Uh, WJM 4-1. Linebacker play is awful. I don't agree that it's awful. Um, I, I just don't. I, I think it's actually improved over last year quite a bit. And if you actually zero in on those guys, uh, it, it, the run game issues are not dumb. I mean, I don't know what they're supposed to do about the perimeter against Tennessee. Yeah. Those are your corners and safeties and ends and, and people that need to set the edge and all that. Uh, maybe there's something to own, to the fact that they only play two, though. I'm not so sure there, there's not something there schematically that, that, that other opposing coaches are kind of picking on. But I, I think the linebackers are much improved. Are they ideal? No. Are they an easy target? Because, yes, they haven't been all that good. Yes. Uh, but, um, you know, that's uh, that's the deal there. Um, yeah. Craig says we need Elijah Davis to come on if he gets a chance. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's good to see these guys. He hasn't been playing a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, out there. You know, How much uh, different personnel you think we're going to see? Like, are they going to rotate some more guys in after, coming off of this? Because it, it feels like. I mean, you're hearing some different names, especially last night. Beamer dropped some names we hadn't heard really all year. Um, yeah. You know, but I don't uh, know. I'm kind of torn between, yeah, putting in some new cats at this point, and then I'm like, man, don't try to reinvent the wheel because that could blow up in your face in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think it's a matter of getting guy, more guys. I mean, even at linebacker, they were talking um, that, you know, the more Pup Howard and Bam Martin Scott can go in there and give them reps, the, the less Stone and Debo have to play. And I, I, I don't know, though. I, 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 I tend to think open dates sometimes. We have all these expectations that all this stuff can happen in a week, and it doesn't, when, when really the reality is they're not sitting over there reinventing the wheel. They're actually coaching the younger players. And that's where that comes from, you know, which is what they should. Every coach, coaching staff in the country does that. Um, McAdoo says the edge players don't finish plays. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that, that they need to start finishing. Uh, and that's on Sterling Lucas and to get them to do that. Um, and, and that's, that's not something that, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. Craiger says, JC, can you comment on Pringles drop? I have no idea. Whoever decided that, I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe maybe it's because I sit here and bitch about it. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe they don't like, you know, they're going to show me, right? Yeah, that's right. We'll show we'll, that Jason Sherman. Yeah, so, so we'll show me when he's a first round draft pick. Yeah. I, I have a long, long memory. With stuff like that, and I don't um, think it is personal. I, I think it's personal to the extent that those guys love their personal opinions, you know, which is why all rankings across the board in our industry leave a lot to be desired because they make them do them too early. And, and I get it because you guys want to know who the best players are, right? Well, then, so you you got a you're ranking sophomores, which a lot can change between sophomore and senior year, right? Right? Well, we all know that, right? Right. Yep. The best players, JV team, aren't always the best players senior year of varsity. Right? Right. right. So, but nobody wants to be wrong. Yeah, they they want to be, uh, you know, Nostradamus and nail it eventually, which every, I mean, I was the same way. If I did it early, I, I was, oh, I don't want to move this guy down. I love him, you know, because of my personal opinion. And it's all subjective. And, and hey, maybe they're not wrong. 
Maybe, maybe. I mean, but I mean, still 172 in the country is projecting he's a top three round pick. You know, yeah. Just not, still not bad. I'm sorry. Not, not top three. Like uh, that would be three, six, probably fifth or sixth round. I don't know. Well, do you tell me the difference between him and Darnell Wright that, that came out of West Virginia and went to Tennessee that everybody went gaga over a few years ago. That was a five star. Um, and I wasn't that high on Darnell. Just to be honest, I was wrong. Because guess what? First round pick of the Bears, pretty good player. Really good at Tennessee. Got 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 better as he went on. Um, you know, they said they say Pringles got too much weight on him. Well, have you seen his pictures of him playing this year? I saw his picture. I mean, he looks like Clifton Gathers. I mean, he in shape like me. He's not a potato with legs. And I'll tell you this right now: there's a lot of guys that are shaped that way that go to Alabama and Georgia that are five, like five star guys. Yeah, right. So, so, he, so, so and, and Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, all those schools want to camp. They still do. They still do. So you tell me. I almost think, in a lot of ways, I don't think Cam would go anywhere. I think he's locked in. He's helping the, everybody recruit. I mean, it's he's a gamecock. But I almost think you sort of avo- you avoid any sort of like last minute shenanigans the more he drops. And to hell with it. Does it really matter? I mean, the kid's yeah. gonna be the kid's gonna be a stud, stud in South Carolina. The whole country wanted him, you know. And I've seen overrated offensive linemen before, and I've been both right and wrong about them. Um, one was Orlando Jones Jr. Orlando Jones. Orlando, sorry, Orlando Brown Jr. Orlando Brown Jr. Played Oklahoma. Oklahoma took him at the last minute. Uh, South Carolina was kind of involved with him. He was dad went to South Carolina State. I think Orlando Brown. You watch him move around, man, at a camp or whatever, and you're like, this kid's never going to play. Well, guess what? Oklahoma got a hold of him, taught him how to play, and he's a pretty good player. <laughs> Probably still in the NFL playing, starting, you know, much better than, you know, whoever else. So, uh, but but I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it at all. I think some of those things are obvious. Uh, and if you if you start going against obviousness, you know, that's when you can really mess up as an evaluator. That's what I did, where I did. I mean, you know, uh, didn't have Jameis Winston. Just get in there and get to overthinking it. Yeah, I mean, didn't have Jameis. We didn't have, and I had help with, with this mistake. Um, but by the way, same help I had. We were the only ones that had Marcus Mariota. In the top two four seven, the only ones that had Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football in the top two forty seven, uh, you know. So, so we made just as good. We had Mitch Trubisky in the top two forty seven. Nobody else did. He's number one pick overall. Yeah. So the, the the good outweighs the bad. And quarterback's hard, but we didn't have Jameis Winston and and Deshaun Watson five stars. It's huge mistake. Huge. People can still talk about that. I think we had Jacob Park as a five star. Big mistake, you know. But hey, Johnny Manziel, Marcus Mariota, Trubisky, those pretty good calls. Pretty good calls. So anyway, yeah. So there's my comment on that. I I, I don't agree with it. I think it's uh, it's it's it it, it 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 wouldn't bother me as bad guys if the if the Troy Stevenson ranking wasn't like a huge outlier that defies all common sense. And, and he's ranked second in the state. I mean, that, there's that kid. I mean, no offense to him, great athlete, and I wish him the best at Georgia Tech. I think that's exactly where he needs to go. 
to get go get developed, go see if you can develop at a place like Tech because you have plus athleticism and you know all that good stuff. Trust me, you know. But as a football prospect, Quaysheed Scott, this committed to Kentucky, who Carolina just offered, is ten times better prospect. You know, people talk about track time. Well, whatever. We're not running track here. Playing football. Quaysheed Scott's a great football player who also, by the way, has timed sub 4-5 every time he's run the 40. Every time he's run the 40. Every time he's run the freaking 40. And you can't even compare the film. So why is Quaysheed Scott like 12th and, and Troy Stevenson is second? When you've already seen that Troy Stevenson's offer list, well, wasn't quite what it was, was it? Nah, because everybody's talking about Miami and Notre Dame and Tennessee and all these schools. Georgia Tech, that's the pick. All right, Bo. <laughs> Good choice. Go get that education. Go play for Georgia, Georgia Tech. Nothing wrong with Georgia Tech. But anyway, so, so it would, the Pringle ranking would not bother me as much had, had it not been for uh, the Stevenson ranking. Because in my mind, that just makes the state rankings – uh, if you're from South Carolina and you look at those rankings, you're going to be like, does a computer do this? Uh, <laughs> is this the computer from War Games? Would you like to play a game? Would you like to play a game? Would you like to play a game? <laughs> How about thermal global nuclear talent evaluation? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, so anyway, there's my thing there. Mm-hmm. Pat says Gamecock 24, Gators 21. We do welcome your predictions today. John says a little more optimistic, 31-17. Pastor says, this goes without saying, but I've written this in several articles already on Last Word. Uh, Pastor writes for Last Word on college football, by the way, if you want to go check him out. Stack the box. The rest of the year, I'm living with quarterbacks trying to beat Carolina. Well, they did that against Mississippi State, and Will Rogers threw for 487 yards. Now, he did have two Lou Griffin out there catching passes. Yeah. And so have we seen Graham Mertz throw a pass over 20 yards? Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to think exactly. about that too. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe they were a little intimidated by Milton's arm strength that he could throw it down the field if they got in situations like that and stack the box. But it's hard to stack the box against Tennessee though, because they don't always run in the box. They're kind of an outside run team and, and tempo and all that. So, well, and their formations are so spread apart too, JC. That's one thing I was thinking is like it'll be easier if you do stack the box to stop Florida because you're not having to guard yeah. four guys on the numbers. <laughs> you're tight, not, you know, you're tight, not straight so thin. Yeah, tight formations, all that mm-hmm. good stuff. Bruin says, "Why did he cancel plans?" I don't know. He's just not going to make it, man. I, I don't think he ever was. We've been talking about him not coming to this game for a couple of weeks on Big Spur. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, I, I am not getting crazy about this Daniel Hill thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I, my opinion, his dad wants to go to Alabama. That's probably where he's going to go. The Gamecocks aren't completely out of it, but I'm not wasting my time giving play by play updates on this kid. Who's probably not coming to here on. Uh, yeah. and that's no offense to you, man, but the, we, we were talking about that. It reeks kind of of him just like going, like literally sitting at the table with the hats in front of him, not knowing where he's going to go and making a decision. Yeah. You know, I mean, just you're either going to defy your father or you're not. (laughs) And, you know, hey, some kids, 
you know. I'll never, I was asked today what, do the, what, uh, Dad what the craziest uh, recruiting story I heard. I'll, I'll never forget Alex Collins' mom stole the letter of intent and ran away. <laughs> uh, crazy. So, uh, anyway, Lance is going to be drunk and loud in the nosebleeds. Congratulations, Latte Lance. Yeah, Lance. Crager says, Kentucky game with Debo Howes, one of the beginning of the game. I thought the stadium was coming down. That was a disappointing day that I don't want to talk about. Right. So I'll be feeling empty the next day. Good God. Mm. I had to go to a funeral that day, too. Ooh. And watch Florida, Tennessee with my Tennessee buddy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Mississippi State at home in 2012 instead of Carolina going to LSU. SEC sent Mississippi State to Georgia, a bad Mississippi State team. That's right. Mullen was just kind of getting it going. And, yeah, Carolina had played down there in 2011, and that's when Marcus got hurt. And they were supposed to come back in 2012, and instead they they jumped to LSU. It was to get Missouri and A&M in the league. Was that the year they reworked the permanents? Yeah, they reworked that, everything. That's when the schedule, yeah, was crazy. Well, Mississippi State was not – they quit They quit the two permanents, Phil, in uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, in 02. So Mississippi State kind of rotated yeah. back on. And they were, it was supposed to be a return game. They moved that to 2013 instead of 12. And then they redid the permanence in 14 because uh, Arkansas um, Arkansas went off and A&M came on. Yeah, uh, but yeah, dude, that's that's that was that was tough, you know. And Georgia, Georgia literally, you know, had a I mean, they coasted, they coasted, right? Uh, and then Georgia, you know, that Alabama team that year was good, don't get me wrong, but Georgia almost beat them. So you think Carolina, which beat Georgia by 28, would have had a shot with Clowney and all those guys, and then uh. And then who knows that? And, and whoever won that one was going to beat Notre Dame. That Notre Dame team was was not that ever the Everett Golson Notre Dame team. Mm-hmm. So here we go. Uh, blah blah blah. Here we go. I love Juju, but I want to see our fastest running back run some sweeps. Well, hopefully he plays. Yeah. Uh, Macadino says he doesn't understand how Stewart dropped from being the best player to number thirteen to one ranking. Oh well, now they're starting to talk about his upside. What's his ceiling? He's really good right now, you know. Now, now, Carl Lawson and Byron Cowart, when they were going to Auburn, you know, oh no, they can't drop them. Those guys had hit; they'd, their heads were doing this because they had hit their ceiling, right? Yeah, right. and they were six foot one defensive end, six one, six two. Mm. You know, so there we go. Fred got a big bump. I know. How did Stewart go to number one and not even top ten? No idea. Fugar may as well transfer when our new guys come in. That's not never give up on players. Yeah. Yeah, Stewart dropped out of the top ten, blah, blah, blah. Four of the top one thirty. And if Staley flips, he's right around there. See, I think Staley's too high too. I don't care if he does come to Carolina. Um, you take it though. <laughs> um Lynn said, get that George Tech engineering degree and set yourself up for life. I agree. Pip on a blimp eighty nine, which is a great, great username. Gators 28, Gamecock 17. Uh, you should rename yourself Ray of Sunshine. Yeah. But I've been kind of I've been kind of the same way this week, man. I'm like, uh, you know, I Chuck know. Bird, Chuck says 31-23 Gamecocks. Yeah, all uh, right. 76 doesn't care about Daniel Hill. It's very basic at this point, like Phil's point now. 
Uh, blah. I care way less about recruiting than I used to. I try my best to show love to players who already have committed. I ignore shenanigans. I don't know. Uh, Lynn says, I'll never understood why we, as the farthest east team, had to play the two farthest west teams every year. Made no sense. That's because Missouri's in the east. Yeah, because they put look, that west team in the east. It's like, geez, come it's on. Kinda like, it's kind of like the east is like really the SEC southeast and south, uh, north. South, yeah. north, the north, the north, the SEC. Because, look, Columbia, Missouri is closer to Nashville and Lexington than it is to, like, Baton Rouge. You wouldn't think that, but it is. I mean, it's, it's closer to all those than A&M. Um, I guess that's why they did it. I mean, it's going But if you were back. to draw a line geographically, Auburn would have come to the east. Oh, yeah. yeah. Auburn – Auburn people, like when it started to get hard, Phil, mm. like, I, like, oh my yeah. God, that means LSU is a powerhouse now and Alabama is back to is, is the best they've ever been. Th- they those people started kind of whining about it and started bringing up history. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I say our, our rivals have never been LSU and Mississippi and, and Mississippi State. We, we have historic rivals with Tennessee and Florida. And, and, you know, they got Georgia, obviously. And Georgia, a South Soul. Oh, they were lobbying hard <laughs> to get in the East for a while. Uh, yeah, we didn't hear anything about them wanting to be in the East in the 90s when the East was the mm-hmm. dominant division. But all of a sudden, we have this history with these schools. And Oh, well. Uh, Sonner <laughs> mentions, just wait till next year. The Gamecocks stumbled in the SEC West. Yeah, it, it's yeah. crazy. I think the SEC looked at it and did this. I mean, th- this kind of shows you sometimes they just throw darts at a dartboard. <laughs> like, all right, Gamecocks. Okay, well, uh, who haven't they played in a while? Uh, <laughs> at, at Alabama, 09. Okay, all right, cool. Well, there we go. Uh, Ole Miss at home, 09. All right, oh, we'll put Ole Miss on there. All right, uh, what are the trophy games? Yeah, gosh, yeah. Uh, Texas yeah. A&M and Missouri. Uh, all right, well, uh, who, who else hadn't been there in a while? LSU hadn't been there since 08 because of the flood game. All right, we'll throw LSU in there at home. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? Right, who's there? Oklahoma. Let's send them out to Norman. <laughs> yeah, Norman, that's, that's a Beamer thing. Let's just do that there, you know. Hey, Brent Venables used to be at Clemson. That'll be spicy. Uh, all right, so uh, who's left? All right, so who's their permanent opponent? Kentucky. All right, done. Uh, and, uh, oh, my God, they got Oklahoma, Bama, and LSU. Uh, and Ole Miss. Damn. Uh, let, let's, let's give them Vanderbilt. Let's give them Vanderbilt. <laughs> Vanderbilt's a rival, sort of a rivalry anyway. So Carolina didn't like play it. for the first time since 1991. No Georgia, no Florida, no Tennessee. Um, yeah, since she entered the league. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, I don't even mind it with the competition. Like, well, I'd rather not play Georgia. They're on top right now. I'm like, you know what? I... Shoot your shot, you know. Fine, <laughs> I'm for the crowd, care, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? It's, you play them or you don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, I, I think it's better to go to Alabama in 2024 than it would have been to go down there like in 2015 or 16 right? with, <laughs> with those teams. <laughs> that would have been that have been bad. That had not been spicy. No that would have sucked. Because <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, look. You go to Bryant Denny Stadium. It's it's a, it's an experience. Everybody should go. You go to the Bear Bryant Museum. It's Southern. If you love Southern football, it's an experience. 
but you at least want to go if you have a chance, you know, when you have a chance to win. And the last last three times Carolina's been there, uh, 2000, they should have won. That was a three-win Alabama team. Uh, Blake, uh, Phil Petty was hurt. Eric's, Eric Kimmy started that game. Didn't play bad. Uh, game guys tried to come back, couldn't. Um, so that was a loss. But then in in, uh, in 04, they won at, uh, in Tuscaloosa. And then in 09, that was a Alabama team that obviously won a national championship, 13-6 in the fourth quarter until they put Mark Ingram in the shotgun. And he ran the Wildcat 42 times and they won 20-6. But that set the table for next year because uh, GA told me over the summer, he's like, our kids aren't scared of Bama because we took them down to the wire last year. We'll be ready for that game. And he was a prophet because they beat Alabama by two touchdowns. That way he's right. But, um, but, you know, so I, I'd rather go to Bama now maybe when there's a little bit of cracks in the armor than, than maybe back then. But uh, it's still going to be tough. And LSU's always tough because they always have such a line of scrimmage advantage over the Gamecocks. And, you know, with Lane Kiffin calling plays, Ole Miss is going to be tough. a and is going to be tough. Missouri hopefully will not be tough. Hopefully Kentucky and Vanderbilt will not be tough either, but you never know. Yeah. Kentucky Vandy on the road, right, Phil? And then Bama and you get is it Bama at home or we get Brian? Bama's in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, Bama's in Tuscaloosa. You're playing in Norman. Oh, uh, yeah. Bama, Oklahoma, Vandy, Kentucky are the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's just crazy. All right, well we have uh, <laughs> we have just talked and talked and talked. Like yeah, we should, we should probably take talk. a break here. Yeah, we want to double up here, Phil. Or are we in need of that right now, or no? Burn. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time. All right. <laughs> Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Oh, we are back, everybody. Look at that. That was a quick break. Welcome back. Inside the Game Cops, the show here. Second hour of the show coming at you now. Looking ahead at the Florida matchup. Win over Florida. Just some, you know, quick, interesting tidbits about this game. Would be 7-7 seven and seven in the last 14 games. Of course, we know Napier is one 
and seven away from the swamp. Let's hope that holds up. Beamer, of course, two and O coming out of a bye week. 4017 over Florida 2021, 3024 over AM last year at that big, big game for us. Need to carry over that big AM energy into Kyle Field in a couple of weeks after we take the win in Como. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Need to go two and one in October. October. Flat out. Cocktober's got to roll two and one. It's got to be October. Yeah. I mean, look, I, you can't, this team, I mean, look, here, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I think, so I think Tennessee, I think, uh, all right, so there's best case scenario, right? Um, I think Tennessee is going to prove to be a better football team at home than on the road this year. Uh, I think uh, they're kind of set up that way because they're kind of a, they're still a momentum team, but they're not as sharp as they were with Hooker. I think with 80-90% of the teams in the league, uh, they're better at home than on the road. Um, so that kind of makes you think Florida-Kentucky – like Mike says, Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, those are the games you really – you need to go at least two and one against. a uh, and probably going to be tough, but they're not unbeatable. Uh, you don't – you really hate the matchup of their D-line versus Carolina's offensive line. Uh, but if you know that going in, maybe you can scheme around it. Who knows? They're not – they're not – they're not super-duper. Uh, but that's – that's the big reason, though, Phil. You take your defense on the road. That's the old adage, defense and special yep. teams. You have to get better on that side of the ball because the chances of you going on the road and lighting up A&M are slim. Yeah. Uh, Missouri, kind of same way, you know. Um, yeah, by the way, Craig mentions the chat box. Uh, Connor Shaw's uh, clothing line, GC Supply, uh, is selling Cocktober t-shirts. Uh, oh. Always encourage everybody to support Connor and all that he does because he's awesome. Uh, and that's really good looking stuff there too, by the way. Um, and so I, uh, you know, I'm like, I, 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 it's, it's just one of those things where the, that, that's kind of the key to this back out of the season. Defense has to get better. And it's wor- troublesome because it hasn't been good in a while over the course of two seasons. Now, think about it, Phil. Good enough against Tennessee. Certainly had their moments where you go, hey, thanks for stopping them. But, dude, that game was 63 There were 101 points scored on that field that night. Right. <laughs> um, Clemson, uh, you sort of look at that one as a really good football game for the defense because Clemson scored nine with their defense. So he really held them to 21 and really only seven after halftime at their place and consistently stopped them, that and the punting in the second half, consistently got stopped. You have to go back to, like, A&M in the second half last year, which is around this time last year to yep. find an exact, I think exact date, actually exact weekend to find a time where the def, you know, they kept going to the well on defense, going to the well and the defense consistently stopped the Aggies that night. Aggies still had 24 points, but a lot of it kind of came at the end, blah, 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 blah. So I, you know, that that's the key. I mean, because you're not going to go on the road and play terrible defense and Missouri, you know, and, and and light up Missouri and beat them 48-45, in my opinion. Hopefully they do. 
Watch it now. Now, now that I've said that and stuck my neck out, Phil. South Carolina will beat Missouri 48-45, and that clip will be all over the people. Put, and I'll, I'll oh, happily, I'll happily yeah. take the win, fellas. Yeah, um, you know, this is, you got you, you got to get some stops, man. It's got to start this weekend. Florida is not an explosive offense. They're a good offense at times. They got good backs. They got uh, one a pretty good receiver in Pearsall. They got a heady quarterback. They can beat you, but it, it's not a. It, it is more pedestrian than the offenses you're going to face, most likely, you know, down the stretch, especially against the run, man. Because you know you start thinking about Clemson and Kentucky coming in. That's kind of what they do is run the football. You know, you, you got to you look at Clemson. Who do you got to stop? Uh, Shipley and Maffa. Now maybe Tyler Brown. Um, you know, if you look at Kentucky, what are you going to do? Stop Ray Davis. You know, Vanderbilt, I don't know. Uh, Jacksonville State, obviously, with Rich Rod as a zone read team, you have to stop that run play. That's tricky, you know. You, you got to you gotta get better. You know, that's the thing, or it's not going to be the best uh, the best deal there. WJM41 says, not a fan of the 425. Well, depends on whose 425 we're talking about here. Ellis Johnson ran a 425 and had some of the best defenses in the history of the school. And it wasn't all when he had Clowney and those guys either. He got here in 08. Not, not the most talent-laden bunch, I would say. No, got <laughs> uh, the most out good, of it. Good yeah. players, but got the most out of it. Um, his defense, though, is very, very simple. His philosophy with him was keep the defense simple, call things you have to call to get off the field, try to get off the field at all costs, get the ball out of the offense, and play it very, very, very fast. Very fast. And, and I think and I, Clayton White, that was kind of what they did when he got here, you know. The, that's why everybody kind of liked the defense because I think the players were kind of confused with Muschamp and, and that system because that system's tough. I mean, you notice it ha- it has some busts in it. No matter yeah. how good the, the, the Muschamp, Kirby Smart, Nick's, the, the Nick Saban descendant defense, right, what, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great system. If you can get it down and you got the players to run it, dude, you, it, you're in trouble. Uh, but it will bust because it's there's so many checks. And so people wonder why Carolina was never any good at safety when Muschamp was here. You know, and they didn't obviously recruit. But it's hard to find guys to play safety that have to be like, you know, like quarterbacks out there at safety. Yeah, you know, I mean, as good as Nick Emanuori is, Jaylon Kilgore and, and DQ Smith at the time and all that, those guys couldn't have done it as freshmen because the safety there's so much on the safeties in that system, and so I think Clayton White comes in. Oh, well, all that's it's a lot different now. You know, <laughs> it's simplified, and you know the kids played kind of free. Um, obviously, on offense they didn't, didn't do it. This year is different. It's just been disappointing. Yeah. Uh, individuals have not played as well as they should have. Where, where's, where's Taka Hemingway? I mean, what, what he, you know, he, I mean, he, yeah, he, it wasn't just like, you know, special yeah. teams hero Taka Hemingway no. last year. He was pr- 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 productive, yeah. being productive on the defense, you yeah. know, Bo- boogies the SEC D line out of the week, one week. Uh, and that was when TJ Sanders emerged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden Sanders gets hurt against Tennessee and, that's that. And that's why Tennessee was gassed them too. Sanders wasn't there. But uh I, I just, you know, 
it, it, there's just a lot of guys on that defense. That, and I'll tell you who is playing well, Marcellus Dial. We don't yeah. realize it because nobody's throwing at him because he's got his guy covered most of the time. He's yeah. playing well. I think O'Donnell Fortune's had some good moments. You know, uh, I think he was a little banged up and they, he got picked on a bit. But you know, you've got players on that side of the ball. I mean, it's it's not like – now, yeah, could they be better at edge? Yes. You know, could they maybe have faster linebackers? Possibly. You know, uh, I, I like the secondary uh, across the board. You know, would it help to have like a David Spalding healthy, a, a veteran dude that's a, kind of a, a turnover maker? Yes. But – I just, I, I just don't, I don't understand why this defense is as bad as it is, and it's got to get better for for no, this team. Now, yes, I'm not saying Phil. I mean, I'll ask you. They don't have to be like the steel curtain, do they? No, nobody's asking them to be world beaters. You know, I mean, it's just you gotta, you gotta be where you're supposed to be. I mean, there's too often times, especially in that front six, that you know. There's just open holes for these guys to run through. And you can tell it's just, you know, either the game's too fast or they're they're having to think too much and, you know, what gap do you hit and where do you go? But, I mean, you'll have a defensive end and a linebacker, you know, attacking the same offensive lineman. And next thing you know, another one is, is, is running free into one of your safeties. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's no good. <laughs> that's going to create big-time runs. You know, but I mean, I'm with you on the secondary, though, JC. I mean, this is not a a group that's terrible. I mean, you know, even for all the the pains that DQ Smith was getting from the fan base, I mean, he Mm. still picked off Milton. I mean, if it weren't for him, he wouldn't have gotten that ball, even though he didn't do shit with it. I mean, anything with it, but yeah, (laughs) I mean, that was was DQ. (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, my my thing is this, you know, DQ. Like so, DQ has some games like that, has some plays like this year. Stone Blanton against North Carolina, uh, and actually Georgia too. Second half, and I'm sitting there watching it, Phil, up there in our our our, our eccentric row we had at Bank of America Stadium. Right. Yes. <laughs> Watch it, and I'm like, well, here comes this big long crossing pattern. May just released the ball, and I'm looking, and Stone's trying to cover a tight end in the flat on a, a slow developing play, and I'm like. That can't have. I mean, you can't get in that. You can't. You can't have your in the box linebacker get in that situation. Yeah, you got to draw that up a little bit. I mean, I mean, I mean, you you want to you want to gamble a little bit, you know, and say, all right, on this play, unfortunately, if they get to this progression, you better get to the quarterback because if he gets this progression, Stone's going to be on the tight end. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well, I I that's a lot of what we're seeing though this year, JC, is that we're not generating, not, it's not just sacks, like we're not disrupting enough in the backfield, period. You know, I was like, you know, for all the, the crap Jordan Birch was getting, at least he was shoving his man into the quarterback, <laughs> you yeah, know, we're, I, we're getting close enough to affect the passer, well, and that, we're just that, not getting it. Yeah, that other end spot. I mean, J- JT Gear, I thought was going to be the guy. Yep. Sideline by injury or whatever. Probably need him to come on a little more. You know, Tyreek Johnson is again has had some injuries for the seventh year he's been here, and and that's unfortunate because he's a great kid and plays hard. You know, they've got nothing out of true Drew Tuizama so far. He's got to play harder. No, you know, and we were uh, hearing you know on. through preseason that you know 
Westmoreland was going to come in there as like a third down guy who just basically rushes the quarterback. Yeah, non-existent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just uh, – I just uh, – yeah, that's a that that spot's a not having good. You know, we all think of ends and we think of pass rushers and sacks and things like that, but it can kill you in the run game too if you're not that good. And uh, now I'm gonna say this: they're going to be really good, really soon at that spot. Just like offensive line, never fear. I mean, you've got the best defensive end of the country coming in. You got Drew Umiozulu. Uh, Drew Tuazama, I guess, has another season to come back and play. Gear has two more years. Um, you're going to keep trying to recruit guys. Um, so it'll get better. But, uh, man, oh, man, you know, right now. And see, here's the thing, too. Jordan Strong, there's no – Jordan Strong is a natural pass rusher. He's really, there's no reason why he can't be more disruptive. And I don't see anything athletically from him, Phil, to where I, it looks like the injuries bothered him. I, I don't. I don't see that out of him. Do you? No, no, uh-uh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's just you know, seems okay health wise. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just either they're, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, even the coaches are saying it. They got to coach them better. They got to, you know, the players have to execute better. I mean, it's top to bottom. It's not just one single thing we can point out. But it's you would hope over the past two weeks that you've been able to clean up a lot of what's been going wrong. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked about Terrell Dawkins. Yeah, he just hasn't been good. No. Yeah. So, it's just. That's, a, that's the that's the bottom line. Stone Cold E.T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys ever seen that Stone Cold E.T.? On, on, Stone Cold On, on YouTube. E. Guy dresses up like E.T., but he talks like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he goes to White Castle. <laughs> He's like, this is Stone Cold E.T. What a little castle, a little bird, give me a hell yeah. <laughs> what? He's oh, like, I want a little pickle, what? A little ketchup, what? V.K. Yeah. Uh, says Dawkins has been hurt most of the time. Not this year. So there you go. I, I, I thought the same thing, too. Uh, Sonder says, this conversation is why it's so important to get Stewart a good compliment in this class. Fountain and Stewart in the same class could change the outlook of the line. Yeah, there's some portal possibilities, too, there I'm not getting into right now because it would cause a, a 20 questions, and I'm not willing <laughs> to talk about specific portal options right now. Yeah, it's a little, uh, I, little early. Oh God, you know, I, I'll never, I'll never do the mystery defensive end either. No, yeah, we learned our lesson on that one, right? <laughs> yeah, I never, never do that again. Uh, Wayne says Pup looks like a grown man. Is he not as good as I think? No, he's just young. Yeah, it's and, it's and linebacker man. That's one of those things you you've got to right. Phil, don't you don't you think he'll get better? Uh, well, listen, I mean, you, yeah, that that one is like you're just going to have to see improvement, you know, and, and playing time is going to do that for him. Like the game has to slow down for you when you're in the middle like that, because, I mean, when you think about it, think about the next level. The guys with the green dots on their helmets are almost always linebackers like they're the guys running the defense. They're putting the call in, getting everybody where they're lined up and supposed to be. 
Um, so it's just going to take, it's going to take some time for him for the, and, and it's not that he's not talented or not fast or anything. It's just the game needs to slow down, I think for Pup. And right now, I mean, just as a like, freshman, even though you're playing some good football in high school, it, this is a different level <laughs> completely, yeah. especially in, on that side. No doubt. No doubt. But yeah, Pup's going to be fine, Wayne. Yeah. Lance asked, is Nick Barrett good to go? I like that guy. He is a big old boy. Yeah, he got hurt against Tennessee, too, so he was limited. I think he's been sort of banged up this year. But, yeah, mm-hmm. hey, Nick Barrett got an interception in the bowl game last year. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, that's the deal there. Bruin says, we know the problem. It's Clayton White. That's the easy way out with seven games to go. You know, <laughs> it may be. Yeah, maybe it is. Seven games to go. I mean, the best case scenario is he figures it out. You know, most a lot of fan bases are like fire, fire, fire. That's the that's the solution. But it's a lot better when the guy, the coach, gets just gets better, and you win, win, win. And you don't have to fire, fire, fire. Yeah, you uh, see these recruits talking about what they look for in a program, and and you know, coaching continuity is almost always listed. Stability, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Jay Diz has a good point. So so and so hadn't caught. I'm not going to say her name. So and so hadn't caught feelings. Would have one defensive end, Jeff, uh, Jeff Coat. Only South Carolina. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Maybe. All I know is University of Arkansas's Office of Title IX Diversity Discrimination uh, has a lot of people, a lot more with a lot bigger resumes than anyone in that department of South Carolina. With a lot more, not only, I'm going to say this tactfully, not only uh, experience in the field, but lived experience, okay, at Arkansas. They didn't have a problem. They let him in. Mm. So there we go. So and, and like this, th- that type of situation, guys. It it it. it, it look, it, South Carolina is not the only place stuff like this happens when you have the academic world clashing with the uh, with the athletic world. It's just incredibly stupid when it happens in South Carolina. Like it's it's usually a player that, that everybody wants to get in, and there's just incredibly stupid reasons why mm-hmm. why you know why why it ultimately doesn't happen, and you just scratch your head and go, "God, that's not even a good reason at all." And people people sit there and say what they want. I've looked into the whole thing. Unless there's something, some piece of information out there that's that only South Carolina got that Arkansas did not. Which I doubt that happened. Yeah, because you, you feel know. like that would have, you know, revealed yeah. itself by this point. Yeah. In, in some <laughs> situations, folks, there's reasons for, for, for like, like I'll give you, I mean, you know, like a few years back, I'm not going to say what coaching staff it's under. I'm not going to say who it was, whatever. There's a player that didn't get a lot of touches, uh, you know, because he, uh, my man was smoking weed a lot, you know, just <laughs> call it like it is. <laughs> he failed some drug tests. Right. He, he quietly set some suspensions, uh, you know, and so that that happens, you know, that, that happens sometimes. You, know, you got to kind of factor uh, all of that in. So uh, I get it. Uh, I understand that. But uh, 
in this situation with Jeffco, we weren't talking about anything like that. You know, it was uh, it was just weird. So uh, that's the deal there. But yeah, I, I I tend to think that that's a guy. Jeff Coates a guy they're definitely missing. VK says, uh, I'm not saying fire white, but he needs to be on the hot seat. We'll see. Uh, Bruin says, do we hear what Jeff Gundy, is that Mike Gundy said about NIL? I have no idea, but Mike puts his foot in his mouth sometimes. Yeah, got to be, yeah. If the SEC goes Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy. (laughs) But Uh, he didn't talk about NIL. That's basketball. (laughs) Saunders says, if the SEC goes to seven plus one, who is our one? Kentucky. Absolutely 110% Kentucky. Because there's nobody else. If you just have one permanent opponent, Vandy and Tennessee are going to play. Tennessee's going to make sure of that. Yep. That's like that's like having like Alf have the cat over for dinner. <laughs> that's right. Come on, I love cats, Willie. <laughs> it's a walrus and the carpenter. Hey, Mr. Bill. <laughs> and Vanderbilt's the oysters. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> huh. Oh, Mr. Bigglesworth. Oh, Willie. Meet Mr. Bigglesworth. I'm here looking for my cat. Did your alien eat him? (laughs) So Vandy and Tennessee are going to play. So so you got that. They're not going to not play the Egg Bowl. The state of Mississippi would fall into the Mississippi River if that didn't happen. You guys don't understand, like, how crazy that rivalry is. I mean, it's nuts. Those of you that have ties to the state of Mississippi, you know that thing is full of hate and disgust (laughs) and disdain and cheating and not cheating and turning people in for cheating and disgust and disdain. And, and, and you know, they really don't have – comedian Jim Jeffries one time said – he's talking about having dinner with his five-year-old. He's like, eh, well, Hank doesn't have much going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, those two schools, they didn't have much going on except the Egg Bowl, you know. Uh, so they're not going to not play the Egg Bowl. So you're going kind of down there. So the, the neutral side game, Texas and Oklahoma, the, that's such a well, big network TV deal. They're yeah. not going to not play Texas and Oklahoma. So it takes them, you know. So, then, so, you, so you say, well, what about Arkansas? Because Arkansas wants to play Texas. Well, Arkansas will play Missouri in their manufactured rival. Uh, with the, the red line rivalry, which is not a right. I mean, yeah, the schools, but they, they'd only played five times ever since Arkansas joined the, the SEC. Now basketball, they are a rival. So you got Arkansas, Missouri, they're going to play Tennessee, Vandy, uh, you know, Georgia and Florida are always going to play that neutral side game, right? You're no. always going to play the dang iron bowl. You know? Yeah. That's not going away. That mm. could you imagine they'd be up in arms? No, no way. <laughs> Oh, There's sad enough mean? that George is rotating off, right? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. play Bama this year. So, yeah, what? <laughs> so you got that. So, so that leaves. So that like LSU, A and M, you know, Arkansas, Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky. LSU and A and M actually back in the day was a, like a rivalry type game. Like it was like a Georgia South Carolina kind of deal, uh, and they play that on Thanksgiving uh, weekend and all that. Uh, and so, so, you know, you'd keep that, A&M, LSU. Um, and then, you know, you kind of look at Arkansas, Missouri. They've, they've been forcing that. Now, what you could do is play Arkansas, Kentucky, 
and then Missouri and Carolina keep playing the Columbia Cup. <laughs> eh, eh, yeah. A little cringy. Uh, so there's that that deal there. Uh, so that leaves South Carolina and the Wildcats, basically. Because, you know, if it were just up to Kentucky, they'd probably want to play uh, Tennessee every year. That, that's what the Oak Barrel or whatever. Trust me. I've, oh, yeah, they I've, do I've, have. Yeah. I've been I've been I've been I've been hitting that stretch between Knoxville and Lexington quite a bit lately. <laughs> There's probably a lot of oak barrels out in the woods in that part of the country. So, by the way, on Instagram and you or YouTube one, you have those shorts. There's apparently a rivalry brewing between like Appalachian people from West Virginia and Appalachian people from Kentucky. <laughs> And they just sit there and talk smack to each other. Like, I'm coming down here to Walmart. I'll whip your ass, man. I'm in Kentucky. You're scared to cross that line. Hey, don't you mess with me, boy. I'm from West Virginia. Like whistling through their tooth, their, their the missing teeth there. Tooth. Shirtless. The shirtless. The tag out. one full tooth. mouthful of stubs left. Yeah. <laughs> The burning sofa in the background. <laughs> so, uh, the last bitch is Matt Fuller coming in is built different. Took the right. I, yeah, I love Matt I'm Fuller. I think he's, he's going to You need more than him, though. You need more than him. Uh, and yeah, VR, Daniel Hill not coming in is a bad sign, but it wasn't unexpected. I'm, I just don't feel good about him right now. Hopefully, hopefully things change. Right. Uh, hopefully, you know, he, he decides he wants to do, you know, the game, wants to come to Carolina and does it. Right now, there's a lot facing the Gamecocks uh, with that. I also think Braden Lee could decommit too and flip to Maryland, the, the four star corner out of Maryland. Um, mm. So just to get the, the bad recruiting news out of the way, right? <laughs> so, um, so there's that. Uh, Gundy said basically stop wasting money on facilities and put it in NIL. Kids would rather have the money than a barbershop or a cool weight room. It's not an either or, especially in South Carolina. Yeah. Not an either or. No, you need um, every competitive advantage you can being a non traditional power. You know, yeah. I mean, it's got to be weight room, barbershop, and NIL. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's no reason why, you know, that has it's not a binary choice in my opinion. No. The people that build buildings are going to still build buildings. Look, man, I'll be honest. Maybe I'll take a couple years off from donating to have my name on buildings, which is something you know, universities are like a hundred years old or whatever. That's a family legacy you could leave. Like you leave the Sherbert Library. Yeah, some of these families have endowments. Specifically yeah. for you know giving yeah. money to these schools, Sherbert Museum <laughs> of Classic Literature and and Pop Culture from the eighties, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know. But look, man, uh, you know that that's the thing. It's like you know those guys are still going to build buildings. They're not going to not put their name on a building because they're giving to NIL, right? This is not going to happen. So, so people can talk about don't build facilities all you want. They need the money. Okay, hey, fine. You want to do that? Great. And then you know what? You never can have too much of it. So Georgia, because you don't know how much Georgia's sitting on right now in a given year. So Georgia may have the same money you've got. You think you've got a lot of money, but you don't. Georgia may have the same, but then their facilities are first class, so they're going to get the kid. <laughs> uh, in a broad sense, and, and this is why Gundy's wrong, it is about taking care of your players. 
you know, South Carolina historically hasn't always taken care of its players. In the last 20 years, they've come a zillion miles of doing so. Are they perfect? No. But uh, I, I think they've come so far in, in, in uh, treating their former players a lot better than maybe they used to. Uh, but you have to treat your players good. You have to take care of them, you know. And, uh, you know, that's all part of it. You know, it's all part of NIL and facilities. So it's not an either-or thing. I think you need less money for facilities and things like that, you know, as far as the per-donor average check or, or average payment, you know, because you could do it a little bit at a time, long, long, long. So that's uh, that's the deal there. All right, flipping fountain. Craiger is going to be Carolina at Auburn. So he's going to flip from Southern Cal to one of those other schools. I think the Gamecocks are right there and in really good shape. Uh, we'll see what happens with Auburn, though, because it's Auburn and it's Auburn and it's Auburn. <laughs> it's Auburn. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like I like that kid. Uh, found a whole lot. Couldn't believe you went all the way to Southern Southern Cal. So that's uh, that's good. All right, we got to get a break. Yeah, let's hit one here. Let's hit a break, mm-hmm. man. I'm I'm like. Yawning and stuff. I may need to get. No. Yep. Can, can we do a long one? Can we do a long? I was going to say that last break was really short too. So I know, you know dude. I got up and I was. I like, know. I, I need mean, to get. You... I get. I get me some caffeine. Are we doing picks today? Yeah, we can do some picks. I, you know, I didn't. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll put we'll pick like seven or eight random games and just I'll I'll look at the schedule and we'll get our thoughts on that. That sounds very good. Also, uh, I got a little off topic here. Rolling Stone magazine, who pisses me off more than I like them these days, uh, and I grew up reading it and always love, always respected Rolling Stone. The movie Almost Famous is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Cameron Crowe uh, movie. So they they've ranked the top. 250 guitar players of all time. Oh, okay. Who's on top? Slash is 105th. That seems low. Dude, it is. It is. It's low because like, okay, because I love both these these guys. The Edge is 45th. No, they're a lot closer together than that. I don't, I don't Dude, know. I, I don't I think the edge is all effect. I don't think the edge is a great guitarist. I think he's an effects guy. So, and then uh, Prince is 14th. I, I could like Stevie Ray Vaughan's 20th. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't, you know, uh, this guy, you know, I, I just, uh, what no nothing Gen Tom, Z the guy, together? <laughs> Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine is eighteenth. I, I you know, mm. um, Mother Maybell Carter at seventeen. That's interesting. But yeah, dude, I'm just like I'm looking at this list, and I mean Carlos Santana's not even in the top ten. Dwayne Allman is. Johnny Mitchell's ninth. Nah, man, come on. No, what? Johnny Mitchell. BB King's on. only eighth. Uh, put Keith Richards, Sister Rosetta Tharp, six. Keith Richards is not top 10. Eddie Van Halen, fourth. Jimmy Page is third. Chuck Berry, second. And of course, Jimi Hendrix is first. So, anyway, I'd like to get it, dig into that a little bit here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Where is Trey Anastasia? Pro- probably out down there a little bit. So, um, anyway. he may not even made the list. <laughs> Yeah. And what it sounds like. Um, and, and, and I'll answer this fountain thing more thoroughly uh, here in a second. Let me go get a Coke. Um, Coke and a smile. 
Tell, tell him to have a coke with a smile and shut the <laughs> called Rich, I called Richard Pryor. I called Richard. You, you tell him I said to have a coke with a smile and shut the You <laughs> hey, I, for those that don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about Eddie Murphy in Delirious, talking about Bill Cosby. <laughs> and and it, it's so hilarious because like Eddie Murphy years later hosts Saturday Night Live and he busts back into it and he's like, he goes, uh, He's like, if you'd have told me Bill be in prison and I'd have I'd be the father of ten kids and happily married, I told you you were crazy. And he goes, Who is America's dad now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Florida. Hey folks, Phil. JB, uh, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks! Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nana'sPorch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today.
The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. This crowd, the atmosphere that's going to be in that stadium, ready to explode just as they do each time. Their fighting game are introduced. And so this frenzied crowd ready for the kickoff. And the raid breaks out of Columbia. And what you're about to see is a spectacle unto itself. Let's enjoy. All right, Williams, Bryce, love it. 
happy one of the one of my happy places and needs to be live tomorrow for sure <laughs> y'all get there early the fair's on don't forget find yourself a parking place where do you park wherever the hell you can it sucks we know you bought places in the fairgrounds you get displaced i hate it just the way things are maybe yeah. after this 11 10 project they'll have some of that figured out i don't know i don't have any information i talked to nobody don't take my word for that hey don't listen to me either <laughs> yep I, I do talk to people <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you spend enough time talking to people around Carolina, man. You realize nobody really knows. Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> nah, that's it's in good hands, I think. Yeah, I, know I, I don't know. Well, I'd like to go trace back what exactly happened. Was it when they built Gamecock Park there at the farmers market that this this started? Because it used to not be that difficult to get out, even if you stayed till the end. I mean, it used to not be. And look, I've been to, like, you want to know bad? Uh, <laughs> the aforementioned Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yep. Yo, coming in, they let you, you, there's like three Tuscaloosa exits. They let you come in on all of them. It's beautiful, nice, <laughs> leisurely drive to the stadium. Uh, McFarland Drive, I guess, is the, the road you take. You're right there. Going out. They all of a sudden they have this one way thing where you got to like circle the whole city and then pop out at the exit closest to going toward Mississippi and everybody's getting on 20 east because yeah. to 20, 20 and 59 west go to you go through Nowhereville and then you're in Mississippi where Daniel Hill's from, Meridian. You know, there's nothing until Meridian. So everybody's going the same way down the same interstate. When I went in 2000, me and my college buddy, Skipper, and a, a young lady he was seeing at the time, we we drove over through the night, Friday night, and went to the game, and then drove back to Columbia. Whew, God, I almost fell asleep at the wheel. He fell asleep. I mean, everybody was dead tired. Uh, I was dangerous. Shouldn't have done that. But then when we went in 09, same thing. I mean, it was it took me and uh, my buddy, JBK, JB King Mancock, uh, my ex-wife and, and his wife. It took us like two hours to get out of the – I mean, so – you know, Clemson gets bad. Um, it's you know, bad in and out, though. That's and, their yeah. yeah. I mean, Clemson gets bad. Uh, Auburn gets bad. Uh, you know, Georgia gets bad. Carolina is, I mean, you know, it's right there next to 77 and 26. And you can cut through the city. There's, like, multiple ways in and out. So, and it's always been, like, one of the best situations in the SEC. I mean, maybe you wait, maybe wait 30 minutes, something like that. But That's what we usually go back to the car, you know, have some snacks, kind of post-game tailgate for a while to, you know, beat the rush. And then when it looks a little lighter, then, you know, we get in there and get out of there. That's what we did at Furman. It wasn't quite so bad. Yeah, I, I just, man, it's just like, I I, I I swear to God, it used to be one of the best situations in the SEC, and now it's. It's a nightmare. So what changed? I mean, did they build like I said, it was when they when they built Gamecock Park? Because before they built Gamecock Park and Springs Brooks Plaza and all that, you had people that were parking under the stadium, people both ways coming out and getting on uh, Bluff Road. <laughs> I mean, I'll never yeah. forget my you park uncle. at whatever businesses you know you, you could slip into. Yeah. <laughs> my, my my late uncle, my mom's brother had a uh, had a parking space under the stadium. 
and uh, he ran over somebody's toes one time. And he's a bald dude. Uh, one of these guys didn't care. The guy stuck his face in the window and said, You bald headed SOBs. <laughs> So it was it was kind of funny. Craigers going to see a Led Zeppelin cover band tonight. I'm jealous. Yeah, I was going to ask I think if it's Zizzo, raining, and then he cleared it up at Izzo. So that yeah, I hear that's a great show. It should, uh, yeah. So uh, I, uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see that. I like. I, I've been getting into Zeppelin a lot lately. I so somebody that. compared the BigSpur.com to Led Zeppelin. <laughs> It's like that's pretty cool. Oh, you take that, right? Well, I guess, <laughs> hey, hey, mom, I'm gonna make you. I, I guess favorite Led Zeppelin tune, one of them, "Over the Hills and Far Away." I dig that tune. The, the acoustic mm-hmm. jam at the beginning. Okay, so clowns here in Jacksonville said Williams Bryce is not a tough place to play. Man, I hate it here. <laughs> please beat UF. Please. Who's saying that in Jacksonville? They're geniuses, aren't they? Not a tough place to play. You, you know, they drink Carolina. Okay, so under Shane. Well, they Beaver, love their swamp. Let's think about hey, that was swamp. Hell of a venue at night. <laughs> it, it is at night. Yeah, and when, when Florida's winning and they have momentum and then they get going, it is. It's loud. and They have 187 different little cheers they do. They have Mr. Two Bits. They lock arms Mr. Two Bits, we are yeah. the boys of old Florida. Uh, it's, a, it's a little magical. Honestly, the swamp is when it gets going. I, I, they, now they have a, they sing Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down after Tom mm-hmm. died, after Petty died. I wonder where he's at on the guitarist list there. Um, but, oh, man. I'll try to pull but, it up. The website bogged it down. No, oh, it. Yeah, classic. <laughs> yeah. All those ads because Rolling Stone's going under. Oh, God, yeah, that's um, awful. But uh, no, I mean it's like you know. So who's saying that? So Shane Beamer's twelve and four at Williams Bryce Stadium as the head coach at Carolina. He's seventeen and fourteen overall. <laughs> so uh, five and ten otherwise. Um, <clears throat> their four losses have been kind of an interesting kind of jigsaw. Blown out twice, once by Georgia in the day, once by Clemson at night. So two pretty good teams there. There's the the six point loss to Kentucky. It was technically it was a September early September night game. So it wasn't wasn't dark. That was like right after the that was 2021 early. So people still you know weren't there. There was some confusion about having to wear a mask to that game and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but Kentucky won 16 to 10, and that, I mean, that was one Carolina probably. Should have had, to be honest with you. I think they let one slip away there. And then there's the inexplicable loss to Missouri. Now, this 3.30, 4 o'clock time slot on the SEC network has been very, very interesting under Beamer mm. uh, at home. Uh, and there, there haven't been very many games, but uh, it's been interesting at home because you got the, uh, the Troy game in 2021, which I think we can all agree was uh, – a little bit closer than probably should have been. That was not the best Troy team in the world. Uh, their coach got fired after that year, 23-14, to 14, and you needed to run out the clock to win it at the end. Uh, and then there was the infamous Vanderbilt debacle uh, where Carolina almost lost to a not a good Vanderbilt team. 
Yeah. Uh, thank you, Zub Nolan. And guess who? I mean, we think of Xavier Leggett now and the freak that he's become, but we all sometimes we forget Xavier caught a touchdown in that game. Uh, Xavier also caught a touchdown against Vanderbilt as a freshman in 2019. Xavier loves Vanderbilt. And I think, didn't he catch that post? Uh, didn't he do, didn't he catch a touchdown at, at, uh, at, in Nashville last year on that post? Was that Xavier Leggett or was that Josh Mann? I think, oh, I think I the, the first one from Spencer. I, I thought think it, it was Leggett. Leggett. Yeah, I think it was Leggett. Leggett loves Vandy. He, he feasts on the Commodores. Feasts feast on, on the Commodores. Can't wait to see what he does this year. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, man. All right. So, so, so that time slot's been a little interesting for sure. But, you know, williams Bryce Stadium, not a tough place to play. I mean, 12 and 4. And I don't know that. Either team in 2021, 2022 have been world beaters and, and they're undefeated at home this year. Uh, you know, that they had the night game against Mississippi State and obviously the the one against Furman. Um played pretty well. I know that Mississippi State game was like a seven point game. I think Mississippi State came in and tried to rally the troops after getting their teeth kicked in by LSU. I think, you know, with Alabama coming up and all that, they felt like they needed to get that. Uh, and they took advantage of one specific matchup to really get their offense going. But I never felt like Carolina was in any trouble of losing that one. No. So I, I don't know, man. You know, whatever. It's not a tough place to play. Well, <laughs> guess what? Neither is the swamp when you're not doing mm. well. Yeah, Half the time, right. you know, some of those new kickoffs in the swamp, when they're not playing well, they don't even show up. Half the <laughs> upper deck's empty. So. Uh, whatever. I mean, you know, and look, I got a lot of respect for Florida. I, I think the Gators fans are, are very passionate. Uh, you know, if they're, if you guys ever think big spur melts down after the Gamecocks don't do good, go check out a live Florida game thread in game. In game. Oh, they're yeah. They're ready those to are fire. Everyone's going to fire. I mean, there's like profanity for, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's, in, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> But you know, I, I I respect that. I respect that. So, uh, but yeah, tell us, say that Williams Bryce isn't a tough place to play. I just don't know about that. Um, that's not. Uh, I just don't know about that. That's not know. what you hear former players say. <laughs> you I know, God, yeah. I mean, <laughs> how many how many people have to talk? I mean, you know, Mike Leach, the late yeah. Mike Leach, talked about it. Todd Gurley talked about it. I mean. Players talk about it, so it's like, yeah, when that place is going, ooh, it's top venue in the country. But yeah, well, oh, yeah. Frankie Frangie said it, the voice of the Jags. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, what does he know? I, I mean, I, 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 uh, I, 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 he and I have a mutual friend. I don't have anything against him, but I wouldn't take that guy's opinion about anything concerning South Carolina Wings Bryce Stadium. I wonder just, if he'll be uh, the voice of the Jags when they move to uh, the UK. Well, they're moving. Yeah, they're going to move to Chicago are, and, and take know. the, are the they bear, right? no. take the Bears' place at Soldier Field. I would, Jeez. if I were that dude that owned the Jags, and I did move it to Chicago. First of all, I think that would be a huge mistake. Yes. I'd, I'd rename it the Chicago Beef. <laughs> the Chicago Beef. Go Beef. Yeah, go Beef. 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 <laughs> you go put a little like, Beef game. You got like a steer, like you can rip off the Texas Longhorns or the Houston Texans a little bit, put a steer (laughs) on the side. Go, beef, go. We got the beef. 
You do a throwback. Where's the beef? That's right here, Soldier Field, baby. That's right. Yeah, they were just steak add on. <laughs> before before they elected the current mayor, who I, I doubt he knows what football even is, Lori Lightfoot, the old mayor, that she was threatening that. You know, she was kind of combative. She's like, "Well, if the Bears move to Arlington Heights, we'll just go get another team, put him at soldier." And I can only one I can think of is the Jaguars. So, <laughs> um, I mean, Chicago has two two baseball teams is enough. I don't think I don't think two basketball, or football, or hockey teams would work in in Chi Town. But uh, and it, it's not yeah. like it's a it's not like it's a place that's gaining population either. You know, it's losing population. So no, I mean, you know, it's like New York does it, but one of them's in New Jersey. You know, they play in. Well, they New both Jersey. are. I mean, you got to it. It was like, yeah, it'd be like basing one out of Gary, <laughs> team and Gary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the, the Gary, Gary beef. The Gary Beef, <laughs> the North Northwest the Indiana Polish industrialized Northwest <laughs> Indiana Polish sausages. I, I can't stand Gary Indiana. I I hated it. Yeah, All Michael I did Jackson. was drive through it. it was Michael awful. Jackson was born there. Yeah. Uh, no, I uh, I I've been through there many times. I went to a funeral there one time. For uh, one of Matt's co-workers during the day. It was okay. <laughs> but uh, you go through certain parts of it at night. It's really, inter- it's very interesting. I bet. Like liquor store, liquor store, payday loan, liquor store, liquor store, liquor store. People <laughs> crossing the street, weirdly. Liquor store, train tracks. Oh, my God, a train. Stop, stop. Don't roll down the window. Don't look. Liquor store, liquor store, liquor store. It's uh, It's been rated... Um, <laughs> It's been rated one of the worst cities in America many times. <laughs> so, and uh, but anyway, yeah, Gary, Indiana, probably not uh, not the best. But yeah, I have to go. You have to go through there to get uh, get back, unless you go like a different way. Like when I go, yeah. I go. Uh, they do have a cool Hard Rock Casino right when you cross the border. It's 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 a nice nice casino. That may be more toward Hammond though. Hammond has some casinos as well. So mm-hmm. that's the deal there. Um, LA does it too. Kendall said, "Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. That, but that was that. You know, that was kind of like a prefabricated NFL deal. I thought. See, that was messed up. Yeah, because they they foisted that onto the freaking San Diego fans. I hated that for them because they there was not, they would show up the games. Man, they loved the Chargers. Well, the St. Louis fans were pissed too. It was the St. Louis yeah. government that wouldn't come through because like." The, uh, I went to uh, Mangus coached for the New York Guardians. This was uh, February of 2020 before the pandemic happened. Nat and I drove to St. Louis to uh, to watch the XFL game he was coaching. Uh, and they were playing the, the St. Louis Battlehawks, man. And, dude, that, that, that Transworld Dome or whatever they have down there where the Rams used to play. Now, they did curtain off the upper deck, but the lower deck was packed and full and the fans were just yelling F the former owner of the Rams, F Cronky or whatever. They were mad in St. Louis. Uh, and the Chargers fans did. I mean, they, they were loyal for years. I mean, the, the Chargers really had no no connection to L.A. except they played there one year. So then you build this spaceship in the ground of a stadium. You can't tailgate around, by the way. 
And uh, or, or I think that may, have been, that may have been that may have been a college football playoff thing. But anyway, mm. they uh, look, dude, they um, and it's just like add water. NFL's back in L.A. You know, they've won a Super Bowl, right? The Rams won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> so good for them. But and the Chargers are pretty good. But I, I just, I don't know. That, that, to me, that just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I got the Rams. Don't get the Chargers. I thought the Raiders made the best choice and headed to Vegas. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, Will says probably more Raiders fans in L.A. than Rams or Chargers. Yes. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, the Raiders fans used to go from Oakland. They used to drive to L.A. when they were in L.A. And they drive to Oakland when they're, you know, vice versa. Vegas is kind of an interstate drive out from Los Angeles. I tell you, in Vegas, having hung out there uh, for work back in the 2010s, most of those people that live in Vegas are Chargers fans. Hmm. You wouldn't think that, would you? Or were before the, the Raiders got there. Vegas actually. Or Oakland's not going to have any professional teams. No, um, Vegas took them Because the A's are going, yeah. The A's are going, and then the Warriors went to San Francisco uh, across yep. the bay a couple of years yeah. ago. There, but Oakland's just done, which is, you know, <laughs> that's sad. Poor Oakland, <laughs> and Cal's not in the Pac-12 anymore. No, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> nothing's nothing good's going on on that side of the bay anymore, man. That sucks. Nope. But uh, yeah, so that's it. Kentucky's atmosphere has gotten much better over the years. Austin says. Here's the thing I don't like about Kentucky uh, is the music, the DJ. Like, like you oh, go yeah, to their basketball games yeah, and, and the, the, yeah. the band's playing their fight song. It's college basketball atmosphere. They do have a DJ. The football games, like, you can't hear the band. It's just like, y'all gonna let me lose my mind up in here over to, and it's not even that good. I would like it if they played that song. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. and the students get into it. Their older fans just kind of sit there and just like, just <laughs> praying to get through the timeout so they can hear again. Uh, we were sitting behind the South Carolina, um, South Carolina band. Uh, at the at Lexington last time, but it, it was noticeably bad. I don't think I've noticed it like that before. I've been there several times, but I've noticed it this time. Uh, and so I, I didn't like it. Now, uh, has, has their atmosphere gotten better as they've won? Are their fans loyal and loud when they're winning and things are going good? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you're right about that. Uh, Sean says, when does Golden State up and move since everyone else has? They did. They didn't move out of the, the Bay Area, but they moved to San Francisco. Yeah. So they're in the uh, on the other side of the bridge now. So they left Oakland uh, as well. Blind Squirrel says he's a dog, by the way. I have zero respect for those dastardly Florida Gators. Hope y'all stomp a mud hole in the lizards. Uh, Raheem says it's letting Samson out for the year. Now he's just not good enough to get on the field. I know yeah. I'm going to answer questions about him because he's a very promising prospect and a relatively big recruit. I mean, the kid was an Army All-American and was really good. Was was Quinn Ewers' top target in high school? I don't know what the deal is. He's just not been good enough to play. Mm-hmm. That's only in his second year. Uh, we all watched Darius Rush first two three years and saw what he became. You don't give up on anybody, but he's just not a candidate to get on the field right now. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. <laughs> uh, yeah, also like he used to be like, sit in church. 
Okay, here's a question for us from Haynes. Phil, Soundgarden or Alice in Chains? I'm going to have to go with that. Go ahead, Phil. Uh, I'm going to go with Alice in Chains. I am too. I, I never was a big Soundgarden guy. Now, I like... Uh, Audio Slave. Now that, that'd be an interesting... Uh, I like Black Hole Sun. Yeah, but that was... Was that wasn't Soundgarden? That was the Temple. No, yeah, no. that was Soundgarden. Yeah, Soundgarden. that was. That was. I like yeah, Black yeah. Hole Sun. I like uh, the Temple of the Dog song with Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. I don't mind stealing bread from the mouth. <laughs> if your wife were here, she'd start singing it. She knows it. Yeah, she would. Tina. Yeah, Tina. Tina yeah. would get right out of there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. So that that's my thing there, but uh, yeah, that's the deal uh, with that. Two RIPs there, man. Yeah, jeez. What? What? Man, Hayne, why are you drag us into that? Like <laughs> both of those hunger strike. That's it. I go yeah. on hungry. Alice and Chains are probably yeah, because I like I like a lot of their songs. Man, Man in the Box used to be the jam. I'm the man in the box. But they got, they got better stuff. Anyway, I get it in 90s alternative all the time. Kurt Cobain was listed in the 250th greatest guitar players, too, by the way. So, greatest? So guitar, I don't know. How is it? What is the rate? Yeah. I don't know. I don't but know. Yeah, terrible I think, question, Hayne. Soundgarden, Chris Cornell gone, Alice in Chains, Lane Staley dead. I mean, man. No, it's, it's actually I, an excellent question. But I just, think they got most, I think they had number one right, and then they just filled in the gaps and, and tried. Jimmy, to- I heard something interesting about Jimmy that I was listening to. And if you haven't heard it, it's well worth, it's well, well worth the listen. Howard Stern recently interviewed Keith Richards. <laughs> Oh my God. And they start talking about music geniuses and Howard brings up Jimmy and Keith relayed a story saying that Jimi Hendrix about two months prior to his death was done with the whole psychedelic rock thing and was about to embark on this new, you know, type of deal and put a different band together. And Keith was like, it sounded awesome. It was, you know, this, that, and the other. And then next thing you know, he was gone. So just imagine where Jimmy would have gone post psychedelia. Mm. We missed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've always been curious to see how Nirvana would have evolved through the years too. Same. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Um, Iron Maiden's Bruce Dickinson is releasing a solo. He's considered a polymath. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Hey, he said JC had an influence on me. Hunger Strike. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a good song. I don't mind stealing Ray Hendrix was Yeah. I mean amazing. So I don't understand. I don't understand these rankings. Uh, I, I I have more problems with this than probably Cam Pringle not being ranked as one of the two best players in the state this year. You know, I just uh I mean, there's a lot of stretches here and a lot of attempts to be a little different. I don't know. I, I, sometimes it is. I mean, to me, like this, there's, and, and I'm a big, I'm a U2 fan. Like, I, no. like I'm, I'm kind of, I got some FOMO about going out there and seeing them in the sphere, you know, in Vegas. Cause Nat's a huge U2 fan as well. I mean, I like the edge. Don't get me wrong. 
but he's not 45th and slash 105th. I mean, yeah, I what 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 does he do on the guitar besides use a bunch of wah wah pedaling effects and strum really fast and go <laughs> boing You know, uh, think about the U two sound. I mean, come on, he's not he's a rhythm guitar player basically. Now Slash, you could kind of compare him to a guy like uh, Jimmy Page or maybe a dare I say Hendrix or a Dwayne Allman or a Warren Haynes with his style. I mean, think about his guitar. I mean, I just, I'm just, uh, I don't know. James Kittle's first show he ever saw was Public Enemy and U2 at Williams Bryce. I remember that show. Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Faith No More also played Williams Bryce back in the day. So uh, where is Clapton on the list? He was top 15, Kendall. Yeah, I'm sure uh, he was. He was up there, top fifteen. But uh, you know, Prince at number fourteen. I, yo, if if you ever get a chance to do this, then I'll get off this topic because we gotta we gotta give them some picks. <laughs> so Prince and like I think the Traveling Wilburys and some other people. I, I'll get exactly who it is because I don't want to feel like a moron. No, it is Tom Petty. I think that's it's why. Tom Petty. Yeah, is. my my guitar gently weeps. Uh, at the 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 Hall of Fame, yeah. Uh, ceremony, okay. Yeah, it was a George Harrison uh, tribute. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so, okay, so it was him and uh, Steve Winwood, <laughs> Tom yeah. Petty, uh, Danny Harrison, Jeff Lynne, and and the legend. Like, so Prince was not singing; he was playing guitar. And at the end, the legend has it, he threw his guitar up into the air and never came down. <laughs> and <laughs> that solo was due at, it was, it was just insane. I mean, it was one of the, you know, to that song with all that talent up on the stage, right? Yeah. Prince. So, uh, Keith Urban, uh, actually, interesting you say that, WJM4, number 241. He snuck in there. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. So uh, anyway, you know, JJ does is like slash is legit good. The edge is a joke. All my buddies <laughs> that play guitar feel the same way, and I have, I have a few buddies that are guitar players. So yeah, I just I don't understand that, especially the gap between them. I mean, you know, you, you should flip that. Maybe that. Would I mean, you know, you, you know, you want to rank Bono ahead of Axl Rose? I'm down. Yeah. I mean, Axel yeah. kind of, you know, he's getting a little older. He looks like a PE coach named Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he looks like a PE coach named yeah, Brenda. Uh, you know, a PE coach named Brenda. He's got, got a little dead cat sound going. Uh, has to use the effects now, the AI effects on his voice when he records. But, hey, I respect him. He's still good. Axel's like one of my favorite front men of all time. Don't get me wrong. But in the grand scheme of things, I could see Bono being 60 ahead of Axel, but not the freaking edge over Slash. No. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, WJM41 said, wow, JC, that was a joke. Yeah, well, so is this list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh. Keith Urban is number 241. Jared says the edge <laughs> is majorly influenced praise and worship music. You know, back when I was 
praise and worship music and going churching back in high school. I wish there'd have been more YouTube influence on, on what everybody did. People kind of during the nineties, it was like for, for that kind of stuff, they, they'd take like the pixies and try to make it Christian or whatever. So I don't know the pixies. I don't know. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we have totally fallen off the rails here, which is why you love us and why is, we have so many of you tuned in live right now. <laughs> this is why we can't. This is why we need Jamie here. Yeah. Or Mike. I wonder whatever happened to that live, that live Dude, Mike, Mike, Mike golf course he mentioned I, yesterday. <laughs> I was planning on Mike coming on today and I just forgot to text him back last night. Oh, and yeah, then I, then I felt bad this we morning. Drag, we could drag Mike into a conversation like this, too. Well, we could, Mike, Mike would have yeah. had a lot to say about all this. Now, Mike's more of a movie guy than a music guy, but still. Uh, Bill says The Edge isn't the greatest, but he's not a joke either. Yeah, some 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 guitar yeah, yeah. I mean, some uh, some guitar people don't feel that way. I like The Edge, don't get me wrong. My biggest problem is 60 spots below, above Slash. No. And if you think about what U2 really is, sure, The Edge is talented, but it's really Bono's deal. You know, Guns N' Roses was not Guns N' Roses again until Slash got back in the band. Let's just, yeah. let's just be honest. And they had a guy that, that played, DJ Ashba, because uh, I saw the Axel Band in Vegas. Me and Ryan Bartow did. It was an awesome show. They had a guy, DJ Ashba, that was really good at playing all the songs. That was the same show that Andrew died. So... I got to tell the story real quick. So, so, so Ryan Bartow, you guys know him. He used to work at Rivals. He used to work for the Clemson Rivals site. Everybody thinks he's a Clemson fan. He's not. He's uh, at Florida State now on their staff. Uh, dear friend of mine, just one of my best friends in the world. Uh, so we go summer of 2014 out to Vegas to see Guns N' Roses. And I got uh, a friend of mine hooked me up with some good seats, and, and it's the new. The new Guns N' Roses, right? It's no slash. Uh, no, that's it. And so, uh, and I, Bill, I don't care what Bono says. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, Bill, Bono says Edge is actually the scientist behind you. I don't care. <laughs> it's not. It's not my opinion. Um, so anyway, so so we're out there, and we didn't know this, but like Andrew Dice Clay is opening for Guns N' Roses. The comedian. Bartow loves him. So he's like, hickory dickory duck. Oh, 10 minutes set. He's on. So, so the lights go down and then a shadowy figure in a bathrobe with a bottle of champagne comes ambling up to the mic with sunglasses on. And, uh, and it's Nicholas Cage. And Nick Cage introduces the band, and I'm on the video going, "Oh my God, it's Nick Cage, dude! It's Nick Cage!" Wow! And then they they get into it's so easy, and had a pretty good set. It was a really good set, man. But mm -hmm. but it really wasn't back until Slash got back in the band. That's my whole point. So uh, anyway, so that's good. Uh, Pimp on a blip does ask, "Whatever happened to that UCF or whatever DN? What are we talking about?" Drew, are you talking about Drew Tuazama? The UAB. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about him. He's got to come on. Needs to play harder. <laughs> Needs to play harder. Needs to make an impact before they can justify traveling him and all that good stuff. 1227, or sorry, not in y'all's time zone. Most of uh -huh. you, except Mark out in Vegas. 
Yeah. Of him yeah Mark, 1027 for Mark. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, uh, anyway, it's 1.27 p.m. One. Here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Phil and I are going to be back. We have one more break. Is this the last break? This is the final break, and then we'll do some picks. Just, yeah, pick some games. Whatever. We'll do whatever we feel like because we're in charge today. Because we're not going to take it. No, we're going to take it. All right. We'll be back after these messages. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down to Ohio, down to Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game packs.
let's hope Todd and Tommy are going to be that excited tomorrow. Some calls. Oh, they sure. will be. Trust me. Yeah, they will be. I'm ready. I, I'm feeling good. I don't know why. I'm feeling good. I don't know. I'm apprehensive. I just it's been so much <laughs> dis- disappointment this week. I know. Yeah, and I don't know. I still like. I mean, like I missed Bingo this week to watch the Braves. You know, because I I didn't want to go yeah. out. Back yeah. to back. I, I don't like to go back to back nights on, you know, on weekdays hard in the paint. Yeah. Uh, not hard in the paint, but I, I just I still I, I like to stay at home more 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 nights than not, right? And so I go out Monday to watch the Braves and disaster until the last, and that gives us a wee bit of hope. And so then, you know, Wednesday comes around, and I'm like, I'm gonna go out again, you know, because I skipped Tuesday, which is bingo night. We bit of hope. No hope. Last no night hope. didn't even bother to go have a beer and a brat, which was which is what I normally do during a, a ball game. Uh, Monday I had brats out. Wednesday I made brats. Just delicious. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, didn't even do anything. Just just sat there and watched it on my phone in bed while I'm sitting there trying to plan a wedding. <laughs> and uh, disaster. So just a disaster. Just a, so, so maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe it's because the stakes are really, really high. You lose this game. There's going to be an epic meltdown of, of epic proportions. People are going to start wanting to fire everybody. People are going to yeah. start questioning everybody. People are going to blame us. Uh, and on top of that, you go to 0-2 against Billy Napier, who people think was the runner-up, maybe rightfully, maybe was. For this job, and so that's gonna it's gonna just ugh, bad taste. Yeah, right down to, to who's field. Yeah, it, it's just like it's just like the games Muschamp coached against the Gators were very high stakes, just because of what it was and the narrative surrounding him. Namely, can't win at Florida. So what makes you think he's gonna win at South Carolina? And you counter that by saying, well, nobody's won at Florida except two people, and it almost looked true because you know what. McElwain goes there and gets fired after, you know, the, the shark naked nude incident. Right, yeah. So it says he's got death threats. The swamp donkey was just like overwhelmed in year three. <laughs> that was neither confirmed that it was him. I don't even that, think it, it was wasn't him. him. It wasn't him. They, they found the guy that, that it was. It was this dude from upstate New York. <laughs> it was a guy from, it was this his doppelganger. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, Pip on, a, Pip on a blip. The game's at 330 SEC Network. Yep. Um, and, and so, so because Napier is at Florida now, you know, because of kind of how the coaching search went down, I mean, everybody loves to second guess everything. They, you don't want to go zero and two against that guy, do you? No. no. It, and it'd be the same thing if like Scott Satterfield was coaching at Florida. Yeah, that was the other guy that was kind of lingering there in the mix. So. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, you know, and, and look, if Florida were really good this year, it's just like, well, this is one of their good teams. It's a good Florida team. You know, South Carolina has its issues. You just get them, you know, let's try to try your best. And if you don't get them, get them next year. You know, like that team in 19, the, the Carolina got cheated out of in that game. Right. Uh, that Florida team was really good. You know, the 2020 Florida team, where the Gamecocks ran how much time off the clock 
to, to cut it to try to cut it to seven at the end uh, during the pandemic down there. That was a really good Florida team. Even the 18 team that came back on the Gamecocks like that, those were evenly matched teams, Phil, but that still was a good Florida team. <coughs> now, last year's Florida team was not very good, and they beat the Gamecocks. And that's the first time Florida's been sort of so-so against a Gamecock team that ended up being pretty accomplished and won, which just shows you, again, how bad Marcus Satterfield as an offensive coordinator was here. Right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, Sonder asked, where's Kylie Horton's development? You know, I, I saw him make a nice catch in the spring game. I thought maybe he'd get it, but he's it's not a candidate to get out there either yet. Um, when you play eight-man football, you're trying to get up. I mean, he is a good athlete. Uh, could he be a guy like Xavier Leggett that ends up being good? Yes, he's going to take a little more time than Xavier just because of the level of play he came from. But yeah. I, I, I would be more apt to to if, if if somebody's like not trending in the right direction but between those two receivers Horton and uh Samson I'd say Samson isn't cuz Samson was the more polished less upside guy coming out of high school Kylie had a huge ceiling low floor huge ceiling uh so the huge ceiling guy you still you still have hope for um, I have I mean I'm not giving up on anybody like I said but just not good enough to get on the field right now Kendall says he lives a Brock block from Truist Thinking about taking a wreath to the stadium. The Braves are killing me. <laughs> Blind Squirrel says Gamecocks 31, Gators 17. Squirrel's our resident bulldog. Just loves the show. Blind Squirrel Sports. Love it. I love that. Uh, love that pick, Squirrel. Ah, I'd be happy. Happier than a pig yeah. in poop. Yeah. I mean, you, you win this one and everybody's like, okay. You know, if you win it impressively, everybody's like, okay. South Carolina. It's more of a function of who they had to play in September and sort of their normal slowish start that they get off to rather than they're not very good, you know. Right. Um, you lose this game, they're not very good. <laughs> and it's going to remain that way until you put some kind of streak together. Uh, once again, we're dressed by Britons. Please go see Perry tomorrow on your way to the game. Get looking right. Maybe it is raining a little in the morning. Great place to stop by. Spend some dry mm-hmm. moments. Britons. Also want to remind you of uh, our other clothing partner, uh, and certainly not our secondary clothing partner, Gamecock Traditions. Uh, please, I mean, you know them. You love them. You've shopped them for years. You can shop them online. Get it delivered right to your house. Nat bought some great stuff from Gamecock Traditions to wear down for the North Carolina game. So please, please, please. Uh, patronize those folks. We are served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. We're built by the Bardo Co. Uh, Carolina Rise is sponsoring the um, the Letterman's Golf Tournament today uh, out there, which Jamie and Flint are playing in. We wish them the best. Uh, also want to tell you, those of you that have joined up for the 3130 initiative, running that between now and the end of the month, you pay $31.30 one-time fee, membership fee to Carolina Rise. Uh, that money goes into the portal-ish football stuff and then uh, what it needs to be. And also to, to help with Park Avenue. We've raised $12,000 so far with that. Uh, we have 500 spots. You can buy as many 3130s as you want. And that's an entry into a drawing. First prize is going to be two club seats to the Clemson game. Second no. prize, two club seats to the Vanderbilt game. Third prize will be a 
a big spur, Carolina Rise, get inside the Gamecocks prize pack. And then fourth and fifth, uh, our friends at Congaree Hat Company have these really sweet trucker hats with the leather patch on it that say B Clemson. Uh, we're going to give away a couple of those. Also, we'll be giving a couple away of those on the show in November, and they'll be available for purchase uh, in November from uh, our partners there. It'll be on the Carolina Rise website. So thank you to all of you that have come in for $31.30. It's been a pretty fun initiative and uh, certainly looking forward to to seeing how it goes. I think we can get to about 20 grand uh, at the end, by the time all it's done is between now and Halloween. We'll have that drawing probably on November 1st. So it'll be awesome. Quantrell asked if I had to pick who will start next year, Thompson or Pringle. All of the above. I, you know, I can't, that's the thing is like most people that no offensive line, they can't really decide between the two. They do think Thompson probably has a little higher ceiling because of his, his athleticism. But I I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I, I would think now long, you know, just eyeballing it long term, maybe Thompson's the left and Pringle's the right. But those types of things are hard to project because a lot of times a guy will come in, you'll think he's a left, he's a right. Or he's a right and he's a left. I mean, Dennis Daly. I thought right tackle at best. Guys, two games into his career, starts at left tackle, never gives it up, and got drafted by the Panthers. So you just never know kind of with those things. And then it may even change when they get to the NFL. I mean, you may be a left tackle in college, right tackle in the NFL, whatever, or a guard. Uh, who knows? Um, all right, Phil, let, let's get all to All right. It. Are we ready? All right. Let's see. All right. Is he here? Yeah. Is he here? Well, <laughs> <laughs> cut that off. <laughs> gotta, gotta cut that one. At Washington. Washington showing three point favorite at home, so it's basically a pick 'em. 330 ABC. Who you got? I, dude, as much as I want to take Oregon because they're good on defense, and I'm all about defense, you know, who who play he who plays defense shall win. I think Kalen DeBoer is a top ten coach in the country. Phil, uh, the coach at Washington, he doesn't get enough credit. Um, I, Michael Penix is playing awfully well. It's in Seattle. I'm going UW Huskies. Mm. Yep, yep. I'm going to Oregon. I stick by what I said yesterday. You take your defense on the road, although Washington, yeah, doing a hell of a job. All yeah. right. Let's see. 330 CBS, the big SEC game. AM unranked at Tennessee. Tennessee is a three point favorite at home. Something yeah. tells me Tennessee is going to be a better team at home than on the road this year. Same with A&M, same with a bunch of other schools. Uh, you know, the only way I see A&M coming out of there with a victory is if their defensive line just completely destroys Tennessee's offensive line. Against Carolina, Tennessee got their center back. That was a big difference for them. The O-line played much more cohesive. Uh, I believe they've had a week off to get ready for this and heal up, right, Tennessee? Yeah. They didn't play last week. A&M suffered a soul crusher. It's at Neyland. It's going to be loud. Um, as much as I bragged on Max Johnson last week, eh, nah, eh, nah. And, and keep in mind, AM struggling to protect the passer against better fronts. Tennessee leads the, the, the country in sacks. So I'm going to go with the Vols. 
Yep, I'm with you. I like Tennessee at home in this one. I know Texas A&M has finally got a defense going, but I don't know if they're going to be able to hold up inside the house of horrors that is Neyland Stadium. Mm-hmm. All right, looking ahead. What's another interesting one we get to pick here? Oh, here's one. 7.30, one near and dear to your heart. Uh, USC, sorry, Southern Cal at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Can Caleb Williams and Mr. Riley roll into Notre Dame and steal one from the Irish? I'm going to say the same thing I did. Uh, I'm going to go against my my gut with the defensive thing. Um, Notre Dame's probably going to have about 300 yards rushing. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I guess he's going to win. And win big. I don't like where this Notre Dame team is at mentally. I don't like how they're coached, quite frankly. I think Marcus Freeman's got a ways to go. Um, and he's proven that. And, and he, he got off to a, such a great start. And now you kind of see the cracks in the armor. Uh, until he kind of gets his team to grow up a little bit. And they quit like whining after losses and slugging through tank games against good teams. Uh, a team like Southern Cal is going to rise up on them. I think if Southern Cal wins, it'll be a high score game. 56 35 48 35 something like that yeah i agree if 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 uh, southern cal does pull it off it's going to be a, a high scoring affair i do not see that happening um i see a lopsided notre dame victory here you know and what do i know but uh usc doesn't play any defense so, <laughs> so I, I think I think Notre Dame's going to just run the ball down their throat. They're not going to need very much. Sam Hartman play some ball control and probably win this thing. Like you know, I don't know, uh, say you know, twenty eight, uh, maybe seventeen ish, somewhere in there. I mean, and hey, it could go the exact opposite way from that. I mean, it, it literally could. It's it's all about scenarios, right, Jason? It, it is, dude, and I'm. <laughs> it's breaking my heart. Because it's breaking my heart. It's breaking my heart. <laughs> We're at Braveheart. I saw it in his eyes, and it's breaking my heart. <laughs> I want to believe as he does. Nevertheless, um, yeah. because I'm a defensive guy, you know. know I'm usually like I same. I know defense, Man, but I'm, yeah. I'm I'm getting off that. I'm getting off that track. Uh, I just don't like where Notre Dame's at right now. No, yeah, and, and I, I, and I love Washington about that mentality stuff, man. That Notre Dame, yeah, that I, I was not not happy with the way you know they were whining after these previous losses. Mm. All right, is the U back? Can they bounce back in Chapel Hill against a North Carolina team that I'm not thoroughly convinced isn't a top ten or a playoff contention team this year? I think North. Speaking of where I don't like where they're at mentally, <laughs> uh, I think North Carolina wins by seventeen points. Oh wow! Yeah, all right. Three point favorite at home, UNC. I'm going with uh, North Carolina as well. I think they also win big. Uh, you want to talk about defenses? I think North Carolina has found one, and Gene Chizik is you know finally able to remove the the soft cloth from Matt Brown's narrative. Yeah, look, it's uh, – uh, here's the bottom line. I mean, North Carolina is 35th in the country in total defense right now. No. Not a bad not a bad defense. Not too bad. Not too bad compared to where they finished last year, for sure. All right, Rick, let's do about three more. 
I want to mention this because Rick is a musician. He says yeah. Stevie Ray Vaughan being twentieth means that list has no credibility. I Back agree. The, the Rolling Stone list or whatever. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I concur, Rick. All I concur, right. Concur. I concur. Doctor. Doctor. All right. Let's do another one. Missouri at Kentucky. Ooh, that is Kentucky. a tough one to pick. I know, man. Two and a half point favorite. Probably one of the tougher games to pick on the schedule. Kentucky sort of had their number. You know, Missouri has not really been away from home very much. No. Nope. Like, 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 that's why I mentioned Tennessee, Phil. Tennessee says one road game and then a neutral side game in Nashville, mm-hmm. which is a home game, basically. Yeah, right. They, and then they don't they don't play anybody on the road until they go to Tuscaloosa in a couple of weeks. Uh, Missouri, I don't think they've played anybody on the road. Did they play Vandy on the road? Was that in Nashville or was that was that in uh, Col- Well, that Col- would still be they haven't played anybody. <laughs> they haven't played anybody on the road. That would follow that line of logic if it were just Vandy on the road. No, here I got it. It's uh, just loading now. No, it is home game, home game, home game, home game. It was at Vandy, but then they hosted LSU. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so they the only league game is Vanderbilt at Vandy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I mean, Memphis was in St. Louis, but that's still kind of yeah. So yeah. Uh, they haven't really been tied. I'm gonna go with Kentucky. Yeah, I am too. I like Kentucky at home. Uh, you know, I think they they're gonna bounce back after the throttling Georgia gave them. Uh, last week. All right, back out west to one of the more interesting conferences there are this year, Pac-12. Here we are. UCLA at Oregon State. Beavs, three and a half point favorite at home. But UCLA has a defense. Ah, Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I really think, I really, really think Chip Kelly needs to win this game, man. He's, uh, you know, he's good, not great. And, but Oregon State's awfully tough. Uh, they're, they're a solid, man, this is kind of their year. Man, uh, I'm going with the Beavs. Go with the Beavs. Go, he's taking the Beavs. Right. Research Stadium. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? They're going to get after for leaving leave them behind. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, oops, yeah, he's going to get a little Oregon retribution from the other side. No, I like uh, – I'm going with UCLA. I, I, I like what they've got going on this year. Um, and I think they they, they pulled the, the slight upset here on the road. Nice. All right. Game of the week for us. Here we are. Florida at South Carolina. Right now listed as South Carolina still holding strong as a two-point favorite at home. Over-under is 50. So they were expecting, what, uh, 20? Yeah, like a 30 to 20 kind of game. 40 24, 29, 20, something 30 like that. somewhere in there. Yeah. You know what? I got, I got Carolina... And I'm this this and 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 I will preface this by saying this will be the last time I do this this year if they let me down. <laughs> I like the Cox thirty eight to twenty four in this one. Lots of offense, putting up points. We're at home. There's no reason not to against this this Florida defense that is you know as talent but hasn't been cohesive at all this year. Florida even in their win last week against Vanderbilt looked. Bad 
<laughs> not good. This is not a good Florida team. And if this South Carolina team wants to be good, you got to win this game. It's awfully big. The stakes are high. I picked 27-17 Gamecocks last week. Just for, just so you guys know, the ESPN matchup predictor says 58% chance the Gamecocks win. That's not always accurate. I think Clemson yeah. last year was 83% they beat the Gamecocks, and they did not. But uh, but I'll also say last year, everybody, everybody's kind of bringing up the ghost of Missouri's past, like the Missouri game last year. If y'all remember, though, that game had a similar spread. But the, the matchup predictors and things like that were like 51-49 Carolina. It wasn't quite like this. But uh, Brad Crawford had an interesting tweet earlier this week, and we hadn't seen it happen. But I don't know what he knew or why he said it. He said the line was going to get significantly bigger this week, which usually means somebody for Florida, which usually means Florida's hiding an injury or something, a significant injury. I know their center is still out, but uh, – Travis ET or uh, Trevor ETN and all those guys are, are back from what I thought. So it doesn't matter. If you can't stop the run, you're not gonna win if you're the Gamecocks. So you better no. stop the run. Uh, you know, that's just uh bottom line. But I, I do think they will. 27-17 should be a wonderful afternoon at Williams Price. Like I said, you know, Carolina's been in this conference for 31 years. That orange and blue. You know, that, that that Gator head, that fight song, that program. Obviously, there hasn't been a ton of success. But should Carolina win the game Saturday, they're 7-7 seven and seven the last 14 against the Gators. So, and, and I think this year, while they're still building, you know, and Carolina is too, but it's at home. You got the better quarterback. Um, you know, you've lost three games away from home this year. Really, no reason why you can't win. Yeah, I think winning this game kind of foments what some people are worried about with the recruiting class too. I think it goes a long way in holding this thing together by winning this game that you're supposed to. I mean, I know it sounds simple, but you should win. Go win. <laughs> Go win. Because every every win or loss from here on out has a ripple effect, right? I mean, it just does because you're not where you wanted to be. You're at two and three. Um, you can go to 500 and then just keep pushing forward over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, that's bottom line. I'm with you. All right. We did it. We picked them. We did it. You want to get out of here? we got five minutes, but you know what? I just ordered this me and uh, the the oldest son, Big C, is home from school today. Oh, uh, over he overslept. Um, just didn't want to go. <laughs> anyway, me and his mom were like, "That's fine. as he, high schoolers he, are." One. I think he has he's had perfect attendance up until now. So I'm like, yeah. it's senior year, that I mean, one's forgivable. Well, yeah, you don't get. I mean, senior year, you don't get any kind of like greatness. What do you get a trophy <laughs> for perfect attendance? That know. whatever, but anyway, I, I was texting I, him earlier. <laughs> I, I'm getting delivered from uh, from they 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 opened a fat burger here. No oh, fat burger, fat burger. All right, <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a reference to fat burger in uh, notorious BIGs. I'm going back to Cali, I'm not yes. gonna repeat it here, but uh, it's a west coast chain, it's delicious. It, it, it's the closest thing to something like the beacon. 
that, that I've had up here. Uh, so I'm, I'm craving, but it's it's a uh, it's like a hodgepodge takeout only combo of uh, fat burger and like Buffalo's Cafe. You remember Buffalo's Cafe? It's a wing Buffalo. joint. The Buffalo's, not Buffalo Wild Wing. Not Buffalo Wild Wing. Oh, Buffalo's. the one that actually had like the Buffalo with wings. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, that, yes, that, yes. They had one in Greenville, right. I think. My, my, yeah. my ex-in-laws really dug that place. I was always kind of iffy, but uh, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a it's a it's a hybrid. It just does <laughs> delivery. So I hit the DoorDash button and just ordered me a cheeseburger and a big tea. Nice. Got to get a yeah. I got to go to the JV football game tonight, and then uh, the youngest one wants to go. Bo Quantrell points out Gigi had twenty four points in the preseason game last night. Uh, Way to go, Gigi. Um, the youngest one wants to go see The Nun 2. The, what? The Nun 2. The it's nun. like it's a horror movie, right? Oh, okay. Well, well here's the problem here in uh, the People's Republic of Illinois. <laughs> they won't let you in if you're if you're if you're under 18 to a horror movie without an adult. <laughs> so Nat and I are probably gonna have to go sit to this in this damn the nun too. And you know, I mean, his game doesn't get over till seven, and he takes an hour and a half to get ready to do his hair. Oh, right. right. And all that. He's the bougie one, <laughs> not not the one uh, eating fat burger with me later. The bougie one, right? And, and, uh, so he, <laughs> and, so he doesn't take an hour. So so we're gonna be stuck at the nine fifteen showing nine fifteen nine ten. Oh man! I mean, it, it's Friday the thirteenth, right? And 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 and, and, and you know. It, Weird things happen around this this burg, you know, around Chicago. I'm, I'm just not. I'm not looking forward to it. But the trade off would be that we would have to go tomorrow no, after no. the Florida game. Oh no! And I'm planning on being three sheets to the wind. Yes. At that point, uh, and I would rather not go. Uh, and and that that's not gonna miss a Southern Cow game to go see the Nun too. So I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why we can't just go buy them a ticket, go to the bar, sit at the bar, pick them back up. See, that's the workaround around here. Is you just you know, you're the one that buys the to buy you the ticket, they're, and then you go like, in. They're, they're like, like car North the Korea, like Kim Jong Un. Can't do that. Going and watching you. Where did Boris better get to ground you, Boris? Boris. Boris. Like, I, I mean, we're in we're in like a liberal socialist far left paradise governmentally. And you people are acting like Puritans. Like, like I'm like, it's, it is strange, it makes right? No sense. That it makes no sense. <laughs> I've, I've figured it out. People like to be all up in each other's business around here. They like that. There's all people think people from the South are nosy. Not compared to suburban Chicago. There's nah. been movies written about it. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Man, he's a righteous dude. That that kind of psychoticness from that secretary of Ferris Bueller stems from the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, the principal actually shows up and breaks into your home. Yes, <laughs> that is classic here. Yes, classic here. You get <laughs> shot in South Carolina if you broke into somebody's house. Yeah, here. I didn't know he was. My I didn't know the principal. Know. I know he's coming by. I was like, this is going to go again. Take some lead. But I'm gonna eat some lead next time you come in my trailer like that. I don't care who you think you are. 
All right, for Phil Ball and Axe, this has been J.C. Sherbert. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners that tune in every single day to Inside the Gamecocks. The show, once again, thanks to Chickencock Whiskey, Dixie Vodka, The Barndo Company, Britain's Gamecock Traditions, Nana's Porch, uh, Tony Pope State Farm Insurance. A new State Farm partner has come aboard, Teresa Miley in Irmo, has joined up through the Carolina Rise end of things. Uh, also, want to say, if you want a cigar while you're in Columbia, Head on over to the Maduro Room, uh, one of the latest partners with Carolina Rise. And Carolina Rise sort of uh, sponsors me being on the show, uh, i.e. I can talk about the uh, the, the advertisers there because uh, I'm giving my time to the show. <laughs> so I'm here because of this, although I'm making no money. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I did want to give a shout out to those guys that came in this week, uh, Maduro Room, uh, and also Teresa Miley State Farm up in Irmo. Uh, big Gamecock people, big supporters of our cause here. So, for Phil, Jamie, JB, Mike Morgan, the Golden Tones, we'll be back. I'll be back before Phil, Monday morning with JC and Morgan. Download the Chief app. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. May the Gamecocks come through, and may we all be happy and have a brighter future than we had this week because of the freaking Braves. <laughs>